1: Live from a bunker in the heart of the Ozarks, a podcast that will be decided by which old man tires first, it's SIFPOP. Welcome to SIFPOP Weekly, streaming live most Saturday mornings, are available to download later in your podcast feed, unless of course you're a patron. Patrons get perks! Patrons get those perks! Little John. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer. (laughs) (laughs) So random. I'm your host, Aaron Dicer, in the More He podcast, the more he transcends. It's Andrew Ormsby, ladies and gentlemen.
2: That is twice you have refused to call me sir.
1: There will not be a third. (laughs) Uh, Each week we'll chat about movies, TV, and whatever else from the pop culture universe is on our minds. And please welcome our guest this week. Not sure if he's Big John or Little John, but he's one of our Johns. It's Jonathan Watkins. Hello.
3: it. I ruined it. I'm sorry. I know you're good. It Uh. works either way. works either way. Hey, John.
2: Hi.
1: I'm definitely little. Yeah. Okay. If we're because we're talking about a height, right? So yeah, I'm. I'm I don't know. Like, we've got. I, we've five got eight. Three regular Johns on this show uh, that come in for that third chair on occasion. So you guys will have to fight it out for your uh, small, you can medium, call and large. Me. You just call me Johnny Watt or whatever it is. Yeah, that's right. Jay Watts. It's Jay Watts. Watts. Eddie Watts. Watts. Eddie Watts. Eddie Watts. Watts, That's right. Eddie Watts hanging out with us. JJ Watts. Uh, We are excited. We've got uh, a couple movies to talk about this week uh, that I'm excited to talk about. We've got Halloween Kills, which is the second in what I believe is a planned uh, new Halloween trilogy with Jamie Lee Mm -hmm. Curtis. Uh, Halloween Ends, I think, is the one that's supposed Mm -hmm. to come out next year. Um, and so we're going to talk about that. We've also got The Last Duel, which uh, finds Ben Affleck and Matt Damon writing together and acting together uh, for, I think, the first time uh, since Goodwill Hunting. Ever. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah Goodwill Hunting doesn't exist. Uh, yeah. so we're going to talk about that as well and then we're going to do a best ever challenge that's pretty broad uh, so I think we're going to be ta- uh, able to talk about a lot of good movies we love but uh, best it's pretty, ever a yeah. pretty broad sword. I mean, yeah.
3: I'm, sorry. Broad I, I'm, topic. I'm not good yes. at this
1: um, <laughs> wait
2: hey. I want to know about the
1: goodwill
3: hunting thing now can we talk about that <laughs> <laughs> what it yeah, not existing there's this
2: movie no, yeah. no, that it doesn't no, exist. I didn't know. Yeah, it I was, was doing about. a bit, oh, yeah, a bad
3: actually. bit. Yeah. yeah. No, it's okay.
1: Uh, we're doing best ever showdown movies. Uh, trying to kind of mm. keep it to movies where the movie is about you know the showdown that's coming and then ends with a uh, a big showdown. Uh, in honor of a Halloween movie that really isn't that. Uh, but we'll talk about that uh, a little bit later when we review well, that but movie. But the last duel is. I,
2: I, I, actually, thought you, I thought you were talking about the last yes, duel. I did yes, too. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's it's yeah. it was attempt to be we. we the best weeks are when we can oh, tie the it into both, yeah. right? And yeah. so I was like, okay, maybe it's kind of both. Well, maybe not. Uh, anyways, yeah. we'll do that. And then, we'll, of course, we'll do some buried treasure uh, at the end as well. Uh, great to have you guys along. Let's get right into it. Let's chat a little bit. We'll start with the last duel.
0: A most unspeakable charge has been brought against you. Jacques Legree entered our home. He attacked me. The accusation is false. I am telling the truth. The truth does not matter. There is only the power of men. This should be settled quietly. I am innocent! I request a duel to the death.
1: If you lose, your wife will suffer dire consequences. One of us has lied. Let us let God decide. King Charles VI declares that Knight Jean de Cargo, I have no idea, I'm going to mispronounce these words the entire, uh, these names the entire episode, just so you know, settle his dispute with his squire by challenging him to a duel. Uh, That is pretty much the entirety of the non-spoilery description of this movie. Stars uh, Matt Damon and Adam Driver as the dueling knights. Ben Affleck, as mentioned, hanging out there um, as I thought the king, but no, he's not the king. He's a... he is uh, just somebody who is, you know, high up uh, in that ranking, and then uh, and then you've got uh, Jody Comer coming in as uh, Marguerite, uh, who is at the center of this conflict in many ways. Um, what did you guys think of Goodwill Jousting? Uh, we will go <laughs> like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay. Uh, Jonathan, why don't you start?
3: Um, I. I think I'm on probably the lower end of this, but I'm going to say like it. Okay. Lower end of liked it. Uh,
1: Andrew, what about you?
2: Uh, Beyond loved it. Oh,
1: nice. Great. Great. Huge embrace from Andrew. I am teetering right on the loved it, liked it. I think I'm going to end up on the high side of liked it. Um, And... Yeah, there's not there's not a lot wrong with this movie, but there's one thing that just kind of keeps me from being able to say I love this movie. We'll get into it a little bit more. Obviously, Mm. Andrew, you super love this movie, apparently. So why don't you kick us off? What are some of the things you really enjoyed about it?
2: Well, it's good to know, like, when you're in October and you already know which film is going to win Best Picture, so I don't really have to care about, you know, the rest of the year. Wow, big, uh, bold predictions. Big, bold predictions. I'm not even joking. Like, obviously, I can't predict the future. Dune is, like, the one I'm most excited for, and I hope that it delivers on my excitement. But Mm -hmm. uh, this is one that I had high hopes for. It's one of those movies where, you know, you have high hopes for it, but then it exceeds it exponentially and you're like oh i didn't know it could be this good it reminds me a lot of hero the jet lee movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except uh you know you know in a storytelling way you know like it's all about perspective is what this movie is r- really the main purpose of it is perspective and what i found interesting the contrasting elements between this and hero is that there is a overwhelming beauty to hero just uh the different you know aspects and perspectives that the story is told you know through colors and vibrancy you know whereas this one is told you know the different perspectives are bleak and grim and cold and just uncomfortable and the different perspectives and how it deals with uh I guess, like, one's comfort or the audience's, uh, how, how would you say this? The audience's perception of comfort mm-hmm. is so, even jarring and divisive between the characters. Like, how one person sees it is so shockingly different from how uh, uh, one, it, it, I'll just say it's told through the three perspectives of Marguerite, uh, John Corduroy, I forgot what you called him, uh, and then Adam Cargo. Driver. I think I called him Cargo. Cargo. Oh, John Cargo's, yeah, John Cargo shorts, and uh, but it's these three characters. <laughs> that you was know. his name, John Cargo shorts. It was, it was. Yeah, yeah. John Cargo it, it shorts is yeah. from now on. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it's 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 shocking how you know, like you could like after you watch them, like they're so different, but you can totally see how that perception and interpretation of actions from one person to another is you know so vastly different but you can totally see how it was uh perceived that way by mm-hmm. each of them and I, I, I don't mean to throw a con in this early but my only con is i think that the movie should have you know really dealt with you get to choose which of these uh, story arcs you believe to be the truth kind of like in Hero where you know it's, it's ambiguous I think that this one has a clear and there's a clear viewpoint that this movie is championing above the other two yeah. which is fine but I really would have this is more preferential I would have really preferred it be more ambiguous than it uh, well, is delivered to us
1: I think it's the point of the movie I mean, I think the overall point of the movie is what you're talking about is that championing of, uh, you know, um, of that one story. Yeah. The, the, Mm -hmm. the, I I don't know what this is officially, it may just be called the Rashomon technique because I know Rashomon is, you know, kind of the movie that, uh, Mm -hmm. first really popularized the idea of here's the same story from different perspectives. And, um, it is a great storytelling technique, um, as far as you know, like things I loved about that that movie, that's that's towards the top of the list. I really enjoy the idea of here's a story, here's another perspective on it, here's another perspective on it. Um, that just that works really, really well for me, and I find it very compelling because in many ways, it's almost like you get three really tightly told, um, you know, fairly uh, quickly paced movies but they're all kind of the same you know movie but you know then you get to experience it. so my brain is always active like ooh was that like that when when it was from their perspective ooh what's the difference from this perspective like my brain is so mm-hmm. active during this kind of storytelling that yes. I, I I really enjoy that because I've always got something to think about, to ponder, to consider, oh, what's it mean that that was, you know, different from his perspective than his perspective? You know, what is the reality there? Uh, what does it mean that, you know her her perspective of this is so different than his perspective of this? You know, all that stuff is is valuable and and not to mention that that the 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 Rasha Manning, so to speak, is. Um, is key to, I think what you know Ridley is trying to do here, uh, what you know uh, the story is trying to do here, um, because it is very much about the idea of how do you know which perspective to believe? How do you choose mm-hmm. uh, those things? And the movie, I think is again, like you said, making a very clear point to say this is the the perspective we would choose to believe and here's why. Um, and I think that's kind of you know the point of what's going on here. Without trying to spoil too much, but I really, really loved uh, that part of the movie, um, and just the presentation and that kind of storytelling is really fun for me. Um, Jonathan, what are yeah. some of the things that you liked? Um,
3: yeah, like, I mean, like I said, overall, I, I, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. There's definitely more good than bad when all is said and done. I think the performances are, are quite good. This is one of those things where, uh, one of those things where trailers irritate me with, especially with uh, social media, because you know, out of context, Damon and Affleck don't look like they normally do in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Matt Damon's doing some kind of like medieval Billy Ray Cyrus
1: thing. And mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know what, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what, oh, yeah, I don't know the what. Oh French Apple- mullet.
3: Yeah, yeah the French Well, no, it's like, it really
1: do. is like a, a, a yeah. medieval Billy Ray and a medieval Justin Bieber, you know, it's like what yeah, those there you two go. are doing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh,
3: but, you know, but then you go, watch, but that's, but, you know, it's like trailers are out of context and stuff. And it's like, you go watch the movie, like Affleck, I think, steals every He's incredible. He's I think he's he so, is
1: so incredible in this movie. And he's, he's having the so l- much fun. He's
3: the levity to the movie. Yeah. 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 it. Yeah. Yeah yeah absolutely and um yeah he's just like hey come on guys let's just go have an orgy everything's cool <laughs> yeah let's yeah, just let's just just let's take just ta- take off your pants man take, your pants take, off, th- your pants. take off your
2: pants
3: man <laughs> <laughs> you know you need that guy in your life sometimes i guess i don't know but uh you know and damon's really good jody comer obviously is i mean she's she's having a year so that that's really nice to see i mean i i watched why well, what's the first season of is it killing eve is mm-hmm. that right yeah and uh I haven't for whatever reason I haven't watched it since, but I but I mean obviously she was the highlight of that, and I'm, it's really nice to see her in like Free Guy, which was a movie I really enjoyed, and uh and now this. Yeah. Uh it looks great. I mean it's Ridley Scott, so it looks freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um the the duel in question uh is a lot of fun to watch. I mean Agree. it kind of you know
2: fun's a fun's a strong word. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> well, oh I know what you're it, saying. Yeah, I don't know what else to yeah. say. Like it's really well No, it's
3: it's fun to watch how well it's done. Yeah. It's captivating, it's yeah. I, I guess I'm thinking more from the technique of it. Like yeah. I was just giving it. you. Sh- oh no, no, no. You're fine. Time. No, you're. It's yeah. very. Uh, it's very brutal, visceral, um, and brutal. Yeah, uh, this actually might be the more disturbing film of the two we're talking about this week. Uh, I I think that. Um, sure. I I think what was it? I think that um, I, I I think if I had any issues with it, uh, Adam Driver's good. Um, I and I uh, with Aaron. I'm with Aaron. I love the I love the storytelling technique. I think it's really interesting, and I like how they did the different takes with everybody. Where you've mm-hmm. got like Matt Damon might say the same thing, but from the other person's perspective, it comes off very differently. And I mm-hmm. and I like the attention to detail with all that stuff. Uh, the Adam Driver character, though, the way he's written, um, I got a little confused at times as to i i i don't know there's something i can't really put my finger on there was something about the way they did that character though throughout the stories that i didn't find as compelling and i don't know why hmm. I, um i also and i i like i said i can't really put my finger on it it's one of those things i'm probably i just saw this last night so maybe it's just something i got to think about maybe once i think about it i'll be okay because i would not be surprised if this movie goes up for me uh uh the next time i watch it but um the other thing i just i don't know i they, they do the the stuff with the Jodie Comer character about, you know, whether she's believed or not and stuff like that. Like, that's all very tragic and it's very sad and it's very just like, you know, oh, my God. But I think I, I don't know. I science,
2: feel like, man. It's science. Yeah. I feel like the movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah,
3: exactly. It's it's. Oh, God. That was yeah. that was an amazing line. Um I uh the whole and the, the audience's reaction to that line was just was was yeah. classic. Oh, man. You should have yeah. heard my theater. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. It was very much.
1: a Oh, no, but, you didn't. You know, kind we, of moment. Yeah.
3: And I don't know that the the movie and the movie kind of gets away from it pretty quickly, so I was okay with that. But I but it felt like at one point it was kind of trying to make like this eye opening thing, and it's like I don't know, it's not I I'm not shocked that men treated women like crap in the 1300s. Like that doesn't
1: you're getting to that, it, man. This is my main issue with the movie. Yeah,
3: yeah. And I don't want to like I don't, wanna, I, don't wanna, I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to take away the seriousness of that because I'm not saying it's not, Correct. but it's just from a. It's just not I guess it's not as surprising as I feel like the movie wants you to think it is
1: yeah I I, I have a lot to say on this uh, because it is it is my main uh issue coming away that keeps me from being able to put it in the love to category. It is very clear by the way, Ridley Scott what 83 years old has two movies Good coming job, out this man. year like I mean you like know within weeks within weeks of, within each, weeks other, of right? each other, like he's you know we talk about Clint as as we should you know he's got a, you know another 10 years on ridley probably but or close to it um but man i just it's it's so interesting to watch these you know directors uh you know continue to do such great work uh, uh or to do work uh, heading into their you know later years but uh but anyhow it's it's very clear that he is making a point, uh, a very well deserved and important point about female yes. agency, uh, about the Me Too movement, about believe women. You know, uh, a, a lot of these things that are very modern. My issue is that it is forced into a context where it doesn't quite live. Like there's the the, the context of the 1300s is so different. Than the context of of modern time, that it's it's v- that you can feel the uh, the manipulation, right? You can feel kind of the how unsubtle this movie can become because it wants to make that point. Again, a, a an important point, a great point. Um, and if you want to view the movie as completely fiction and that's fine but we're talking about a quote unquote true story where there are records of these three people and this kind of thing and in the studying I did afterwards the real situation has so many unknowns and there are many things about how it works in the movie that absolutely would not have happened in the 1300s but they had to happen here because mm-hmm. of the point that wanted to be made uh and so there is that little interesting that hap- thing that happens. And like I said, I still land on the high side of liked it. This isn't mm-hmm. something that makes me hate this movie. Like, this isn't a um, greatest showman situation where I'm just like, ah, oh, I can't get past this one thing. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good comparison,
3: <laughs> yeah. actually. Yeah,
1: no, it doesn't do that. You're correct. Um, it, so it's still, it's I still like this movie, really like this movie, but it was that one thing where I was just like, um, you know, it's it's definitely, it, it's, it distracts a little for me, Uh, from the authenticity of the context,
3: right? I I, I will say this, and I don't want, I don't know,
1: like I'm trying not to, it's
3: hard not to, I'm trying not to, I'm trying to think of what would be a spoiler or not. But I will say like specifically with the Matt Damon character, which as I've thought about this movie over the last like 12 hours or whatever, like his character is the one I keep coming back to. I I think in some ways he's the most interesting character uh, as far as the men go. But I I really like that they kind of stick to their guns with him. I I think in a, I think in a, a, where this movie becomes bad is where you actually add sympathy uh, to one of these people, Mm -hmm. and the movie does a good job of at least not, you know, I don't know, I don't want to spoil anything, but like, (laughs) does that make sense? What I'm trying to say? Well, I think the the movie,
1: the movie is using the two, so you know, there are there are three main characters here: the two men and Marguerite, and. We st- we start with uh, I don't think this is too spoiler, but we start with Matt Damon's perspective, then Adam Driver's perspective, and then we finish yep. with John Cargo Shorts. Yes, cargo, John shorts. cargo yeah, shorts. Cargo shorts. Cargo shorts. And uh, yeah, apologies for my lack of knowing French names. Uh, and I should mention that this is France, medieval France, uh not medieval England, and that's that's important Dude, it, it to. Say. Me this is in the another, movie, by the
3: way, because some people would say a character name, and I'd be like, "Wait, who are they talking about?" Because like, <laughs> they, they were they were like similar enough to where mm-hmm.
1: I would get like really confused. Sorry.
3: Well,
2: yeah, ahead. you have Jean and Jacques, you know. Yes. So those <laughs> Jean, are Jacques two and Marguerite, main
1: yes. Yeah. So those so so those are your three characters. By the time I got to the end, it was clear to me that the two male characters were very much written to represent the two sides of the toxic masculinity coin right one of one of them is aggressive uh you know um dominant doesn't care the other one is uh cares but cares in a way that is protective is you know still doesn't give the female agency because it's about it's always about him right like Mm -hmm. her Anything that has to do with her is always about him. It's always, you know, he's not a, a good enough husband or not, a, you know, and it's like so neither of them give the female agency, but they do it in opposite ways. Right. And so there's there's this real look at how masculinity um, can impact the idea of, you know, um, the the female perspective, the female context of the world, which is something, you know, again, we've been hearing a lot about recently and importantly so. But it became very, very clear that those two characters, that was, you know, to me at least, that was their representation of what we were supposed to be taking at the after this thing was over. Was, you know, they were they both had things about them that you could go, Okay, that makes sense to me. Like I understand their perspective on this, but at the end of the day, they were also both the perspectives that we were supposed to go, oh, that's flawed. And then they you know the female perspective was the one that was correct, right? Like that is yeah. that is where the movie and that's movie my is going. issue with the movie. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Well, because and because not, Andrew hates women. That's not so. me saying. <laughs> that's, that's not me saying
2: that the female. <laughs> I got to back that No, no, no. I, I put it out there because I, I knew how
1: it might sound to some people, but yeah, yeah. That is not yeah. what you mean for sure. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the female perspective is wrong, <laughs> but but here uh, that that. I'm going to try and teeter on this without it sounding chauvinistic or, you know, you know, just male toxically. Mm -hmm. But I do find that there are moments in this movie where the Jodie Comer character made me go. She's reacting to a shocking element of the medieval times, like how women are being treated in medieval times. Like a woman from the 21st century would react to saying. That's why it's distracting, because it's out of
1: context. In this context, a woman wouldn't be reacting like that, wouldn't be saying those things. In a modern context, it's important to hear those things said. But when you put it in a 700-year-ago context, it is distracting because it doesn't feel real. It doesn't feel authentic to... How it would have yeah. been handled, how yeah. it would have been said, they, you know, during that time.
3: They might as well have been playing "We Will Rock You" during the uh, <laughs> right. during the duel. That's <laughs> a fun you. movie. I don't care what anybody says. It's <laughs> not oh, no, good, but a it's, a fun fun movie. Movie. it's a fun movie. It's
2: a fun movie. It's a fun movie. That's uh,
3: intentional, though, too. I mean, like, right. for that oh, movie, sure. yeah. that's one hundred percent
2: intentional.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I will say uh, for my kind of final thing, I really only have one other point I wanted to make, which is this movie is a lot funnier than I expected. Now we mentioned uh, a lot of that is Ben Affleck uh, ben who's Affleck, playing the yeah. the levity here <laughs> and doing so very very well. And honestly, all ha- all hail the Affleck because uh, he is giving an incredible also performance. but there is also some humor in the Rashomon Right, there is some there are some really fun, interesting moments where the audience laughed about how somebody saw something differently than, you know, somebody else. And, hmm. um, I think of their, like, um, spe- this is a specific one. I don't think it was too much away, but there's a, like, um, a meeting where they, uh, become friends again or whatever, or rekindle their friendship or yeah. whatever. And how that is in each of the three stories is different. And our audience was very aware of that difference and, and laughed quite a bit at that. Um, so, there're just there are those kind of moments where even the Rashomoning itself, I just think it's very clear this movie I think this movie does a really good job at uh, allowing you to have those moments of levity um to be able to get through what is honestly. And we haven't said this. A very dark, very dark overall plot. You know, the overall story, oh, uh, you know. Oh,
2: insanely dark.
1: Uh, definitely research your trigger warnings because, I mean, uh yeah, that's that's definitely something that's going on here.
3: And, and you see that, I mean, this actually is in the trailer, if you've seen the trailer. And I'm not going to say what it is, but when you learn about the consequences of if he loses that duel, you know, not just for him, but yeah. for her, like, you're just like, yeah. what? <laughs> like, yeah.
2: but you know.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: Well it's, hey man, don't mess with science. It's science. So
1: Science.
3: But mm-hmm. uh
2: <laughs> It's
3: crazy though, it's also crazy that Little John was not a reference to this movie now that I'm thinking about it. Like, <laughs> like a Robin Hood element yeah, to yeah, it, you yeah. know? Yeah. But not that this yeah. is Robin Hood. I don't know
1: why I said that. Right. Go ahead. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, it's actually but, little uh, it's little Jean. Not little John. Little <laughs> Jean. Yes, little little
2: little <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh man Ridley Scott, congratulations, man. I would honestly put this up there with, like, in his best movies he's ever made. Wow. Nice. Yeah. He's, he's obviously, like so we're going to be talking about my favorite uh, Ridley Scott movie ever made later in our best ever challenge. But, uh, fair enough. Th- this is, this is up there. I am excited to watch this movie again. Um, here, I'm gonna try and teeter around this with spoilers without 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 giving away. It's in spoiler territory, but I'm not gonna like say what's happening. Yeah, and I should there's, just
1: mention because we probably won't be doing a SIF spoil on this. There's not yeah, really that's enough what I to, figured. to talk not about. Really, so, yeah, yeah, just dance around it a little bit. Yeah, you
2: know? there there's two viewpoints on the scene. I'll just say the scene. Yep, you know I'm what with I'm you. talking yep. about. I actually found the first. Iteration of the, that, or interpretation of the scene, way more horrifying.
1: Interesting. That's definitely not one. the intent. Like I,
2: I know it's not the intent, but I found it more horrifying because of that character's viewpoint. Like, right. I'm not doing anything wrong. Right. And that is, obviously, you know, the other end of that is the victimization of it. And that's terrifying, but that, getting put in that mindset of I'm not really doing anything wrong gave me so many more goosebumps. And oh, maybe yeah. because it was the first time we <laughs> saw it, you know, it was way more sure. shocking, you know, the first time around. But uh, no, that first one got me a lot more. I, I think it's handled
1: really expertly, expertly, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. expertly because Expertly. because the the movie does a great job at helping you understand his warped perspective. It doesn't say this yes. isn't a warped perspective, but it gives you context for his perspective based on the life he's lived and it very intentionally echoes a lot of that scene uh, or pre mm-hmm. I guess pre-echoes a lot of that scene, you know, earlier in the movie to give you a context of where his mind is and, and those kind of things. I think the movie really handles that well. But yeah, I understand what you I mean. Agree. I agree. I understand what you mean. Yeah. for sure.
2: And the fact that that, <clears throat> that, uh, I guess you could say the final confession in the duel, like you believe that he believes it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like... Uh, oh, yeah. He He's not lying to him. Well... He's not lying to himself as in he doesn't believe his own truth, I guess. Is, the, he's, is, not the he is yeah. he's not aware he is lying to himself. He's not aware he's lying, but yes. Yeah. That's yeah. a great way to say it. Yeah. Or yeah, or I he cannot. just
3: uh he's gotten himself to where he cuz you know, after a while if you tell a lie long enough, I mean, you start to believe it, right? Like you sure. start to believe that's the truth. Yeah.
1: So no, I yeah. I agree. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. Any, any final cannot thoughts? I can wait to watch this one again. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh Jonathan, did you have any uh any other thoughts you wanted to? To no, say before, I mean, on?
3: I, I think you. I'm, I'm really, I, I appreciate everything you said, Aaron, about the, the issues I was having as well, because I, I couldn't, for some reason, I couldn't get it out that eloquently, so that was nice. Um, but it's, a, it's a, it's a hard subject matter to really, you know, teeter on, because like once again, like you said, the importance of, you know, the way she's treated, obviously, that's very important, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, but it, but it, but like Andrew was mentioning, it just felt like all of a sudden this 21st century stuff is kind of coming into. Uh, you know, a movie set in the, in the 1300s. Um, yeah. But no, no I, I like- understand why they yeah. did it that way. There yeah, has to too. be
2: something for the audience to gravitate in. Like I but- can put myself in this person's shoes. Whereas if you did it in the medieval times, it would seem so foreign to us that it wouldn't be relatable, which I get why they did it. But at the other end, it's a double edged sword. There's no way to tell this story to where it would actually impact us. If you did it one way or the other. Yeah, and I just
3: uh, yeah, but 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 it is it is it is a good movie. Uh, it's it's a movie that I'm not going to be shocked at all if it goes up like a you know like a letterbox star rating or something the next time I watch it. Um, and so no, yeah. I'm I'm glad I saw it. I might not have seen it if yeah. I hadn't uh, if I hadn't been on the show. So yeah. I, I appreciate coming on just to get it's to my, see that.
2: yeah. It's my number one of the year. Nice. Oh wow, nice wow. so far. Yeah, I will. I will my final hey. thing that I'll say about this movie. Thank God I don't live in medieval times. <laughs> right. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. I so would not reasons. make it. I would not make no. it. <laughs> hey, by no. the way,
3: you mentioned the thing about your best ever challenge later. So I, I did not realize a good year had a duel in it.
1: Um, <laughs> yes. Good year yeah, definitely has did a not, crazy did, duel. Did they fight Rid- with like yeah. wine bottles. Yeah, that is Ridley's mm-hmm. best for sure. For mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about Halloween kills.
2: My grandmother was right the boogeyman was real.
0: It's over. We can't hurt anyone ever again. No one told you. Told me what? Somebody in there? Michael Myers is
2: alive. Stop, you had a knife in your stomach. You and Allison
1: should not have to keep running.
2: Evil
1: dies tonight. The nightmare isn't over as unstoppable killer Michael Myers. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, Escapes from Laurie Strode's trap to continue his ritual bloodbath. Injured and taken to the hospital, Lori fights through the pain as she inspires residents of Haddonfield, Illinois, to rise up against Myers. Taking matters into their own hands, the Strode women and other survivors form a vigilante mob to hunt down Michael and end his reign of terror once and for all. Uh, Halloween Kills is the second in the Halloween, uh, new Halloween trilogy um that should finish up next year I believe uh James 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 Lee Curtis uh-huh Jamie Lee Curtis back is Lori Strode uh and then uh, a lot of faces and names from other Halloween movies popping up in this one uh, but then you've also got Judy Greer uh reprising her role and then several others as well uh Jonathan is definitely the Halloween expert among us today and by the way we talked about that in our uh, members only pre-show uh, if you're a Sip pop member we Spent a good amount of time kind of going over uh, some of our thoughts on the rest of the Halloween franchise in our experiences with it. Uh, but what about this one? Did you like it, love it, dislike it, hate it, or it was just okay? Andrew, you start us off.
2: Beyond. Beyond hated it. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm at the exact opposite end of the spectrum with Wow, the it's a love it, hate it kind
1: one. of week for, for
3: yeah, Andrew. Yeah, I
2: hated this movie so much. Uh,
1: Jonathan, what about you?
3: Um... I, I, yeah, I hope you weren't having me on because you assumed I'd be really positive. No, I hate it. I, I, I hated it as well. I, I,
1: it's, uh, it's going to be fun to talk about. It's, it's quite terrible. Uh, I, uh, I absolutely loved this movie. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. No, we're three for three here. Uh, I, yeah, I hated this as well. Um, yeah. So this is just a terrible movie, right? Like this is just like, I'm not yeah. even talking about like, ho- well, like horror movie stuff. Like even beyond like how Andrew and I aren't like horror fans. Like I don't understand what this movie is trying to do. I think I understand no, this- a little bit of what it thinks it's trying to do. But, yeah. um but Jonathan, since you're, since you're the, you know, you have more Halloween knowledge. Why don't you kick us off? What are some of your general uh this thoughts is- on why you hated this?
3: This is the kind of sequel
1: that just gets under
3: my skin. I I don't get like, I don't really get angry at movies not being Mm -hmm. good and stuff, but it does get under my skin when you have this where they've got like this idea of like, oh, we're going to do a trilogy. Like they've already got the next movie lined up Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So in a lot of these cases, like, and I I don't have an example off the top of my head, but you have these movies that are not even really movies. They're just like, it's just a bridge. Like that's all it is. Like it's just, it's It's a big bag of nothing. It's a, yeah, it's, it's continuing stuff from the first one, and it's and it's setting up stuff for the next one. But there's just nothing of substance in this film. Um, if we want to talk, if we want to talk about positives first, uh, the couple things I was uh, I was somewhat intrigued by was uh, I think Michael Slasher films just in general are not usually scary, um, and that's not why I'm watching them. Usually, it's more for like the mystery or whatever. But um, I did think that this probably for a movie for a franchise that is so concerned about this about this mask like that mm. so badly that if you watch some of those sequels like the mask is so weird looking and i don't know it's it's a it's a whole thing with the series and the fans and stuff like that but i will say in this one i kind of liked the way michael looked like he was actually kind of scary like at least he was intimidating i liked that how they did the because of the ending of the last film which i also did not like the 2018 film but i liked it a lot more than this uh same you know yeah Yeah. but uh like his his mask is kind of crispy from the the fire and everything and i don't know he just kind of and plus the fact that they actually made him the age he should be so he's this uh guy i guess in his 60s right That's scary for some reason, and so I that as like the character of Michael Myers was um, uh, maybe the most interesting. I don't know, but anyways, I thought he was kind of scary. The other thing is because this is David Gordon Green. Um, you get a lot of these really, uh, I would guess because it's David Gordon Green and he has these relationships with all these character actors and stuff. You get this really interesting like supporting cast mm-hmm. where like these characters that only in a scene or two, like you've got people like Jim Cummings. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And if you haven't seen Wolf of Snow Hollow, by the way, excellent movie. Watch that instead of this. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> um, uh, Jim Cummings, uh, Michael McDonald is is mm-hmm. in this. for. Uh, he's Little John, Which right? Which is weird. <laughs> I was like, "Am I watching a Mad TV <laughs> sketch or, or right a, now? or a Paul Feig movie?" Uh, Michael McDonald, and no, then Lenny Ca- Lenny Clark wanna. plays his uh, his partner. Look yeah. what uh, I, I can do! Uh, Robert Longstreet's a great character actor working Anthony these days. Michael you Hall. just saw him on Midnight Mass. Uh, Anthony Michael Hall, who I don't think it's his fault. I think it's the writing. He's terrible in this movie. Um, Oh, and that's the other thing about this movie that's so bad is that you, like Aaron mentioned, you get characters from the previous films. In a couple of cases, you get the same actors. um, Mm -hmm. um, And uh, that whole support group idea, there's this thing going on in horror fiction mostly now over the last like seven or eight years where, and it's kind of this evolution of the slasher genre and stuff like that where we have these stories focused on the people that survived these like, heinous things these heinous nights and how they are after it's all said and done and how they are years later and then if what happens if something comes you know if that terror comes back or whatever Mm -hmm. i find that really interesting especially in like i said like a lot of these books like this year alone we've got uh grady hendrix wrote the final girl support group uh stephen graham jones wrote a great novel called my heart is a chainsaw that deals with stuff like this i think this movie handles that idea so poorly it's terrible um, it's I, oh it's so bad that like that <sighs> scene where anthony michael hall
1: gives that speech at the uh, talent show what was that i got I, okay I, I, I need to say this right off the bat yeah. no, um you
3: guys you guys chime in
1: no no no, no, no. i just want to you can continue but i just need to say this because i know when i start talking about this movie i am going to spoil some things i just want like We're not going to do a SIP spoil on this one probably either, probably because we all hate it so much that we want to spoil it for you. (laughs) Like, like, not necessarily, like, there there are just some things we need to talk about uh, in order to really, you know, communicate uh, the thing. But that support group thing, I don't understand why you make that a negative part of the movie. Do you understand what I mean by that? Like, Mm -hmm. the movie takes this idea of survivors – And turns it into a negative thing. It turns Mm -hmm. it into some sort of message about mob mentality and mob Mm -hmm. violence in that completely. I think you're I think you think you're doing something clever, like you're, you're like turning it on its head. But all you're doing is giving the audience nothing to root for. Now we have nothing to root for in this movie. We don't have survivors to root for. We don't have a main character to root for because she's completely sidelined for the entire movie. We don't have uh, a, you know, a killer. To, are we supposed to be rooting for Michael Myers? Um, I, maybe. <laughs> and And if you're trying to give us empathy for Michael Myers in this movie, if that's the goal of this movie is to give empathy for Michael Myers – then why are you continue to, continuing to making to make him a sociopathic blade machine who just kills everything that just happens to be standing in front of? Like I like, what are we doing here? What is the point of this movie?
3: I I, I think yeah I, I I think like I said I and like you said it's a whole ball of nothing. I think that I think that's <sighs> the problem is that it's just it's it's there's just nothing to this. There's nothing of substance to this. And oh, sidelighting Jamie Lee Curtis. I'm glad I didn't know if that was going to be too spoilery. Maybe it is. I don't really care. Uh, that's insane. And I think Halloween 2, the original, as <laughs> we talked about this in the franchise, the original Halloween 2 from 1981, it has the same problem. And I think there's this whole idea of having it the same night, which is kind of interesting. But then because of that, you have to sideline her. And the fact that like she even gets up at all, she has had major surgery. <laughs> major yeah. surgery. I mean, I had like... I mean, if you just have like a like a kidney stone removed, you can't get up for like a couple of days, you
2: know. Like, I mean, she's just had like well, you're not Jamie Lee Curtis, you're uh, not the that's screen just <laughs> She just
3: all of that scene where She just stabs herself, and um, I, I, I oh, yeah, I, yeah. It's it's just crazy. I I will say I I did like that they actually did because one thing about the 2018 that irritated me and what oh, that irritated me, but I I didn't get and when Chris and I wrote the send script for it, um. This was a lot of the stuff we talked about because because they chose to ignore everything after the first one. One thing that didn't make sense in the 2018 was they kept calling him a notorious serial killer. He wouldn't really be a serial killer, first off. If anything, he'd be like a mass murderer. But also, he would only. I, and I'm not saying that anybody that murders anybody, I mean that's terrible. But I'm just saying, like 40 years later, right? Somebody that killed like four people on Halloween night. I just I just don't know that that person would be like you know up in the rankings of like what people would be putting podcast and you know, TV shows on and stuff. But then the other thing is if you don't have the brother sister thing, then it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why he even remembers her a, but then why he would target her. Although they do kind of do the thing with, they brought that stupid doctor character in and, um and then he takes him to the house. And I'm glad they bring that up in this movie because then you do kind of get that like explanation of, you know, why yeah. he was going after her and it's not about her. And it's just about the town and all that kind of stuff, and that's where you bring in the survivors and stuff. But it, but, it, but it's not. It's just it's not handled well. And it's like it, it, even though David Gordon Green did this, it's almost like a completely different director did this because there was a lot of craft and stuff in 2018. Like it looks good and all that kind of stuff, and it, you know, it flows well. This has like a terrible structure. It has terrible pacing. Um, it, it, it the character interactions don't make any sense. It's, it's just, it's a mess. It's such a oh, and and oh my god. And can we say that Sam Loomis is in this movie and it is
2: ridiculous? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh my God. I got questions God. about this. I got questions. How did they do that? Because I, I don't haven't, know. Obviously, I, 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 haven't seen, I haven't seen a lot of the other uh, the Halloween movies, but I didn't know if those were scenes because no, that was actually going to no, be a no, pro. no, no, no. That was actually going to be a pro for me because if that's a deep no. fake, that is one of the best deep fakes I've ever seen. Yeah, no, that that is all because you've got
3: like, I mean, you, I mean, that's Jim Cummings and I don't know who's playing the young Hawkins or whatever in that scene. So, no, that's complete because the end of Halloween, you know, he gets away. Yeah. But, but because of the 2018 ignores all the other ones, he has to get arrested or he has to get put into the, the institution. So, yeah. So, no, all that stuff with him being outside and that and that's like such a bad Donald Pleasance impersonation. Like that guy's like, you know, Officer Hawkins, where is he? You know that was just yeah. uh, it, was, it was it was about as good as what I just did,
0: um, and
3: uh, and I I don't know if that I couldn't but what I couldn't tell was if that was really like they CG like that that was like a Peter Cushing thing from like uh you know yeah. uh, Rogue One or if that was just somebody in a lot of makeup I couldn't tell
2: I really couldn't it, tell it was
3: good it might have been a mix
2: it was good I I that, I I will it, say because after the movie that's the only thing I kept asking myself how did they yeah. get. Loomis because I couldn't tell if it was a a, a like a lookalike uh deep fake you know whatever they did or a combination of a whole bunch of things yeah. it looked just like not only not only that but it looked like they switched like a to film like to old film for the flashbacks yeah. and stuff yeah like it looked so I can appreciate that because that actually did help a little bit with the uh the telling the different timelines apart and stuff like that. Not that I cared, but... Uh, yeah, it, uh, that is my one big pro for this movie, is that I think that the uh, the CGI for Loomis specifically was, like, really impressive. Here's my big issue with this movie, and it's, it's a trope. I don't know when this started. Maybe an American werewolf in London started this, where... The humans, like the victims in this movie, just get so stupid and dumb that they end up killing themselves sort of thing. Well, it's, it's not I, just the vic-
1: Every single character in this movie is dumb beyond dumb. dumb. Like, it is yeah. it is insane the decisions they well, are the, making. The, the, the two smartest people, and
3: I guess I won't give away who one of these people is, because that that is kind of a surprise at the beginning. But the two smartest people in this movie are stuck in a don't hospital room. They're stuck yeah. in yeah, a hospital room for the entire film, and they're over there giving good explanations and stuff of things, and actually coming up with interesting plans. And nobody's but nobody's listening to them because they're not well, in the room with them. Well, but
1: even but even, obviously it's because evil dies tonight. Yeah, Ugh. that's why. Ugh. my eyes! They're going to roll so far
3: back in have my been, head I can't this see should have anymore. Been like this needed to be like a year or two later. Like this this
2: did not need to. I don't know actually so I really I, let me just ask I this question I did like the immediate picking up like the same night I actually like that you know sure because it, it because otherwise uh, you're going to be asking yourself how does Michael get out of the burning house which true that that scene immediately leads into the whole uh, I can't believe how Helpless, these people are like a a possum trying to cross the highway, you know, like they can't like all those firefighters are like the worst, you know, how are you saving anybody's life if you're that incompetent at, you know, saving yourself it. But everybody in the movies like the worst one was whenever somebody kicks a door and it hits a gun and the gun does a whole 180. And shoots the person holding the gun. It yeah. is so. Like, I was. I, I have barely come this close to actually leaving a movie theater <laughs> because I just hated being there. The only How? thing that really kept me in the seat was the fact that my Thai chicken pizza that I ordered was so good and I had to finish it.
1: Nice, nice. Um, shout out for the Thai chicken pizza. Here's the question yeah. I, I want to ask Is it possible? That given the goofiness of the history of this franchise, that this was intentional. That because this movie is so bad. I don't know. I cannot help but wonder if it was like, we're going to make a ridiculous, over-the-top, dumb movie. I don't. I, I think, will, that's I think the this case. movie took itself. Well,
2: seriously. And I, and I, I do the, think this movie took itself seriously. Yeah, yeah I do too. And, and it, I think you're
3: just coming off because you just recently watched three. I, this this franchise really. I mean, it's not goofy in the way I think it's not goofy intentionally. Yeah, there are things like Resurrection that come off goofy because it was just a lot of bad decisions. But, like, all of these movies, I think – and like I said, I think that's one of the weaknesses of the franchise is that I think it does take itself too seriously. I wish sometimes that it was more like Friday the 13th yeah. where they were just like, you know what? We're just going to throw Michael in space. You know, stuff like that. Like, that at least is has some entertainment value to it because trying to create, like, this 12 – this is a 12th movie just trying to create this like storyline that goes through it's 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 an insane task based off a movie that was just about some uh guy that came back to his hometown and killed some babysitters you know there's i mean yeah. you know it's just it's crazy so no i don't think any of this was intentional i think they're definitely trying to make like this statement about you know survivors and uh and things like that, because they did that in the 2018 too. I mean, Jamie. But what, Lee Curtis is, the, but, but what is
1: the statement about survivors? What is this movie oh, I, telling I, I, us about survivors?
3: Nothing. I but I mean, I think that's the attempt. I, I think when you say survivors, are you talking
1: about like the Anthony Michael Hall, Jamie yeah, yeah, yeah. Curtis? That because I think people? this movie is trying to make yeah. a point about mob mentality. It, and oh no, 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 this one yes. But I'm talking about. I'm just saying in general though, like in
3: the 2018 right, version, like right. that's the whole idea is that she's like you know she's off the grid and she's you know got this mm-hmm. compound and all that kind of stuff like.
2: And also this franchise full Sarah Connor. Yeah, and yeah. this franchise
3: already did a movie about her being a survivor in in, in H20 in Halloween Water. And yeah. um I thought it was handled even though that movie's not great, but I thought Halloween Water Halloween <laughs> H20, H20 <laughs> is what it's called so people started calling it H2O and then Yeah. that gets Halloween Water. H-
2: is it take place underwater? <laughs> no. no, 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 no. It's how I don't. It's, I don't know this franchise, man. Oh no, this was the twentieth year.
3: This. They made a movie in the twentieth. year Oh, Halloween twentieth year. Yeah. So Halloween H two oh H twenty. How do you years not later. catch that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It, everybody has called it that sense. But anyways. that's not a great movie by any means, but I I think it's handled a little better than it. Her character is handled a little better than she is in these. In my opinion, I think I'm in a, I think I'm a very minor. I I don't think many people have that opinion. Like I do,
1: but as much as I didn't, as much as I didn't care for 2018, the point it's making about the Jamie Lee Curtis character and her trauma and her like hunkering down and going to take mm -hmm. care of her killer. That makes sense in a moral ethical understandable metaphorical way right like you can draw yeah. a straight line to you can understand go, motivation i understand what you're saying about this character you know we can use this as a metaphor for trauma we can use this as a metaphor for you know the idea of not letting the uh, those who have hurt us um you know not letting them get you know away with it or whatever like you you can draw that direct line this movie takes the entirety of the survivors of Michael Myers. And yes, if I if you didn't believe it before, believe it now. I'm spoiling this movie. But this movie takes the entirety of the survivors of of Michael Myers and instead of using it as a metaphor for grief, for how to be a survivor, how to persevere, it turns them into an evil mob and dispatches them one by one. What is this what is it doing? What is it yeah, saying about... It is such yeah, a say, weird, movie, what dumb thing say to about, do. Yeah. And it and makes I mean, them stupid. It makes them dumb. It gives yes. them dumb decisions. Like, I, I just... The cops are the
3: cops are terrible. And, like, the cops were actually, uh, <clears throat> I would say, kind of smart in the 2018. At least they were... I mean, they were trying to give them... You know, they were just doing what... They were just being cops, right? They were right. just trying to right. keep all this contained. But in this one, like... The sheriff doesn't even try to stop them, really. I mean, he's just like, we don't need to do that. And then everybody's like, no, we're doing that. And then he just kind of steps aside. And the, then, like, Judy Greer lets her daughter go with them.
1: Like, well, she doesn't really let her, but the enti- doesn't really go after her. The entirety of this mob <laughs> somehow confuses a short, bulgy yeah. man yeah. With, yeah. with Michael Myers. How- what? What? What are yeah,
3: you trying I mean to do that, here? Like, yeah the the juxtaposition there didn't there. There's a way to do that where it works, but the juxtaposition of that didn't ugh. make any sense. It's ugh. you know, and um, oh man, I just I don't remember what I was gonna say. So yeah, no, I I I totally agree with you. Why I just not?
1: don't understand what it's trying to say. Like at least in 2018, yeah. I could draw a no, straight line, f- you know, from that idea of trauma and metaphor. And in, in this movie, I'm just like none of this makes sense
3: no i think what it's trying to say <laughs> is that mob mentality is bad uh you know so why do you uh, put
1: your most empathetic but, but, characters in the middle but it of- does
3: yeah i know but it does yeah. but that's what i'm saying you're asking what it's trying to say right yeah, well. yeah, yeah. these are two yeah. different things yeah no I think you're right what it's you're trying right. to say you're right i think it's very unsuccessful at saying that yeah and then the other thing that really irritated me well, I, first of all, let's go back to this. Yeah, you're talking about them getting dispatched because there's <coughs> always been. I've heard this story. Uh, some of the some of the actors that played the final girls and in, in, mm-hmm. in the Friday the Thirteenth franchise, like at these conventions and stuff, like they'll all come and they'll yes. you know sign autographs and stuff. And then so typically they'll get together and have dinner or whatever and talk. Mm-hmm. And so there's uh, Amy Steele who's in Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. I heard her on a podcast talking about how they've talked in the past about it'd be really cool if they did a Friday the Thirteenth movie where it was like all the final girls. Mm -hmm. Uh, get together and like go after Jason. But then they said the problem with that though, is that you would have to kill some of them and Mm -hmm. see, and and that is problematic because I think I feel like, and they do this. I mean like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street killed Nancy eventually. And uh, Friday the 13th killed Alice eventually spoilers for like 35 year old movies. (laughs) Sorry. Even though we're spoiling one that, you know, came out yesterday, but, um, I feel like if you survive the movie, like you get to survive, like you get to live after that point. Right. Like, and it's like, I don't want to watch these people get killed. That's what I'm saying. So it's not, it's not, it's not that, not that this is supposed to be fun or, but it's, it's like, uh, you know, horror always has to cover, you know, that fine line of, it just feels almost like mean spirited in a way. It's almost like,
1: it's almost like the opposite of, I'm just going to use a recent example. Um, uh, Steve Trevoring, right? Like where Wonder Woman, yeah. you know, where there's a there's a <laughs> there's a there's a sacrifice that is undone, right? You know, in the yeah. Wonder yeah. Woman series. In yeah, this case, yeah. it's the opposite, where there is a survival that's undone, and it almost just like... and I'm not even a huge fan of these movies, but you know, it's just like, oh, so now how do I feel about those original movies where these people survived? It, you know, it meant nothing. You know,
3: like yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you know, like well, that's great, but you're gonna die in 40 years, <laughs> right? You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that 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 that's awful. I also really, I really hated the end, and um, oh, I, I I thought if I think there. I think part of the problem with the end though is that you don't care about anything leading up to it. Maybe if I cared about some stuff that happened before, maybe I'd like it better. But but I don't like you know I know um um. Uh, this, this franchise really doesn't go all that supernatural for the most part. Like, there is this whole idea. you got the whole, like, Loomis... Thing about you know the darkest eyes, the devil's eyes, or the blackest eyes, the mm-hmm. devil's eyes, and like a devil, like he's eyes. He's yes. not a man. <laughs> yeah. Um. But like they never actually say that. Like they actually try it. They actually go out of their way to try to come up with ways that he's still alive. You know, he's mm-hmm. been in a coma, or you know, this homeless yeah. man's been taking care of him for right. a, a year. Right. Weird stuff. I mean, and that's not a joke. Like that happens in one of the movies. Yeah. Um. And um. So they try to do stuff like that, but then in this one, you have this bit at the end, which comes out of nowhere, where Laurie all of a sudden has this theory about that every time he kills someone, mm-hmm. he gains yes. power.
2: <laughs> yes, what? This is this is my what? big question. This is my big question. <laughs> and either way, the answer is, I have a question, and there's one of two answers. And it's funny either way. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't I matter which it. answer. I still <laughs> yeah. hate it. Yeah, doesn't yeah. matter. I still hate it. <laughs> is Michael human?
3: I mean, I it's. I mean, everything leads you to believe he's supposed to be. But I mean,
2: there then is Then hate this,
3: it. But there is this whole <laughs> idea that like, but he's 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 controlled by that. Yeah, I know. I agree. That's why the first movie is really the only one that completely works. Because after that, yeah. you're just like, this is getting silly. Like, mm. I mean, maybe the second one. Maybe he could. Maybe he survives five gunshots. I don't know. I doubt it. But um, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's almost like you have to just make him a monster. Like, eventually in the Friday the 13th movies, they just made Jason a supernatural creature. They were just like, you're Frankenstein's yeah. monster. Just go to town. And yeah. I feel like they almost had to do that, but they just refused to do it. But then it makes it more insane every time you see this. And you're just like, how is this guy not dead? I mean, there's even a, there's even a scene where... Um, I mean, well, he got he got. I mean, he got burnt and stuff. I mean, all kinds of stuff. But like, even in this movie, like, there's a scene where uh, Laurie's granddaughter is just like stabbing him relentlessly, and he's just like kind of standing there, like, so he can't be right, but but the movie wants him to be, and then it wants yeah. to have this weird thing about like every time he kills someone, he
2: he like gains more power, and it just. I it, hated it, I hated that terrible. Jamie Lee Curtis speech so much. Was, Was it, it her?
3: I think it was her. I think it was her, uh, yeah. uh or the surprise character. But I think yeah. it was her. But um yeah, and that's another thing. She's so grounded. Like, I mean she's she's obviously she's, you know, heavy on medication and stuff like that because, you know, she's been dealing with all this trauma. But she seems pretty sensible. Like, you know, she was the one that knew this was gonna happen and all that kinda of, and then you have this really ridiculous moment where she's just like, Yeah, no, you know. She like becomes Sam Loomis almost. And maybe that's intentional. Yeah. Maybe mm. but,
2: there's so many Okay, so if Michael is human there are so many moments in this movie where somebody gets the upper hand on Michael and they are in prime gonna kill him like totally finish him off yeah yeah gonna end the franchise but they quit and then they're like oh let's go get up close and take a look I'm like no
0: or oh, it's like, wow.
2: like team it's like teams
3: that play alabama every week they just or, they just quit yeah,
1: can't finish them off uh or That's funny. i like that or the the tide turns with no explanation
2: no Speaking like
1: yeah yeah that was yeah you might pre- the crimson tide uh actually uh you are know, gonna
2: you're get you're getting a like,
1: so yeah, so or they're they're in this moment where you know it's obvious that they've got him, and then you know we cut to another scene and we cut back and they don't got him, and it's like what? How, I, yeah, I, how how
2: surprised? How fine. how long
3: does it take to? Fi- I don't fire guns, but how long does it take to pull a trigger? Like I mean, how long? I mean, you've already got the gun ready to go. Like yeah, you just pull the He's trigger. Laying it on the
2: ground, got the gun to his temple. <laughs> Time for a monologue. <laughs> I, <you laughs> I know, will say. It's,
3: <laughs> I did like, also speaking of the cast, though, I forgot to say this. I will say, I did like that Judy Greer actually got used a little more in this one because I, but that's just more of a, I like Judy Greer. So, yeah, but she's uh, dumb. <laughs> just uh, like every other
1: character in the she, movie.
3: Yeah, well, yeah, she probably is.
1: Yeah, I, I guess so. I just, yeah. I, I, and I'll just, I'll make this it. I don't need to say much more, but th- this, this movie also introduces new victims, right? Like the, uh, the Lonnie yeah. Elam kid at the beginning. That's a brand oh. new thing, right? Like, yeah, no, that yeah,
3: and that's not the same. I mean, Lonnie was in the movie. He was actually like he bullied Tommy um, in the movie. And there's this, there's the, there's the infamous, there's this moment in Halloween for people that are fans of the movie that I always quote where uh, Lonnie and a couple other kids that this would they mention that. Waddy was the only one to go in the Myers house. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene is actually in the original because Donald Pleasance is like
1: in the bushes and he's like,
3: Lonnie, get your ass away from oh, there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Anyways, but, but I just, I just, yeah.
1: I remember, the, like, this This will be my last thing. There's so much stupidity in this movie, but I'm just, he's there. I hate it so much. He's there with a map on a car and he goes, he's here. <laughs> and then he goes here. <laughs> and then he's drawing a straight line what? to his house, and I'm like, what? "How is nobody know this without a map? How is yeah, the first thing is, you don't do is go to his and house? People,
3: <laughs> and people live there. People live there. People that could be in danger, right? Live there. And and you're just like, and why nobody, would not be, nobody
1: is why would like, they not hey, send a cop maybe stake the out the house, house, the Myers oh. house. <laughs> <laughs> come
2: okay, come here's on. another thing. This is I'm getting into the nitty gritty but I have to say this because I hated it more than anything else in the movie. I've worked in a hospital before. Morgues don't have giant viewing windows. Oh, I was <laughs> wondering about that. That was weird, too. I have worked in hospitals where one of my jobs for years was to take you know, the recently deceased down to the morgue. There are layers upon layers of doors and like giant to make sure nobody just accidentally sees dead
1: people yeah yeah yes but and not here here it's like the birthing viewing room here it's like yes you know? yeah
3: that that's one exactly woman it. that one woman like sees her kid that's how she discovers her kid right dead, yeah right yeah and
1: yeah.
3: then you've got uh you've got the the granddaughter the um uh, who was that that's um it's uh, Andy, uh, Maddie, or whatever. Uh, yeah. But uh, you've got her just like just sitting there, just staring at her friends that are dead, and like nobody's like going, "Hey, maybe you shouldn't be doing that." Like maybe, you. and yeah. her mom like has a conversation with her in front of that window. Like it's it's <laughs> crazy.
2: <laughs>
1: What a great movie, guys. What a great, <laughs> well done to all involved. Um, Aaron,
2: I'm mad at you for making me watch this movie.
1: <laughs> you should be. <laughs>
2: um, you definitely should because, be. You know, well, I mean, it's, 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 and, and I, and you're going to hate it even more
3: because it's, it's going to destroy, it's going to make so much more money than the last duel this week, <laughs> which, is, which is just unfortunate. Uh, 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 if you want
1: to see Halloween Kills, uh, it is not only in theaters. It is also on shame top. on you. Yeah. Then shame on
3: you. I did. No. Did you guys watch it? on Peacock or did you I did. I actually, actually watched went... it on Peacock. Okay. I went, well, Oh,
2: I, I didn't know I it, it was the the on Peacock. I went to the actual movie theaters to see it. Yeah. I yeah. did well, too. My man. my
3: friend Dave, who I see a lot of movies with, he doesn't have Peacock. And he he and he really wanted to see it in the theater. So I, I actually now I'm even that, more that. mad. Yeah, yeah, yeah I they paid, did a day and date. You
2: know, $13 to go and see it. Uh, all but right. I got that Thai chicken pizza. Uh, that's so, cool you lining.
3: paid $13 though for a Halloween movie. That's kind of fun.
1: Yeah, 13 13 13 uh, all right, before we move into the Best Ever Challenge, uh, thank you to our Sif Pop members. Uh, you make this kind of stuff happen, and you make the opportunity for us to absolutely despise a movie possible, and we thank you for that. Uh, in all honesty, it is incredible uh, to see you guys hanging out at the Sif uh, the Pop Club uh, over at Patreon, patreon.com slash if you want to check it out. Uh, as mentioned, we kind of went over the Halloween franchise um, during the uh, the members-only pre-show this week. So if you want to check that out, also you get ad-free versions of the podcasts uh, at different levels and uh, lots of other fun perks. So you can check that out again at patreon.com slash
0: And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other
1: offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's move into the Best Ever Challenge. We're going to do Best Ever Showdown movies. Again, the intent here is that the movie is about a showdown between two characters that happens uh, towards the end of the movie. Um, but it's pretty broad and you can kind of stretch some things Mm -hmm. into here. Uh, so, um, and I suspect we all did. Let's go. Number five to number one. Um, Andrew, why don't you start us this week? What's, what's your number five?
2: I am going to go with a movie starring Tom Hardy called warrior.
1: Oh yes. Good choice. Good choice. Nice.
2: This movie is so good. It's, it's, it's shocking how good this movie is because it does such a great job of, you know, laying a foundation of why you know there's gonna be the inevitability that these two brothers are gonna fight in this tournament, you know? And normally, you know, that could be good enough on its own, but the actual depth that the that the uh the movie goes into to tell that story with the Nick Nolte father character who's killing it, this is easily Nick Nolte's best performance oh ever. Oh my god, I it, forgot Nick Nolte was in this.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: Wow. Oh man it's the, it's the I've first only seen thing the I think time. of because
2: it's so shockingly heartbreaking. That scene where he uh, he's like screaming about Moby Dick in his a uh, in his hotel room, yeah, you yeah. know, it's oh man I cry every single time I see it. But uh yeah, it's it's Joel Edgerton who's the other brother, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, you got Tom Hardy and Joel Edgerton. Uh the fighting in this movie is decent it's good uh it's not like realistic to any stretch of the imagination but there there are moments in this movie that go beyond just the brother element like the like the Joel Edgerton fight with uh, the Russian guy Koba and uh, he has uh what's his name who who was his trainer he was in Civil War he was Frank in- Grillo. Frank Grillo, yeah. Whenever he gives him that if you don't knock him out, you don't have a home speech. Like, Mm -hmm. you just get chills. There are so many moments like that in this movie. And that, I love it so much. I really do. If you haven't seen Warrior, Mm -hmm. not the Warriors, but Warrior, highly, highly, highly recommend it. One of the best fighting movies ever made. Did Usually. you watch the, did you watch the series that it was, that was based on it? I
3: think there, wasn't there a TV show a couple of years ago? I didn't even know that. Wrong about the- I didn't even know that. Uh, about like a like a expanded version of this movie yeah yeah i think i think i i think i'm right i i could be i could be thinking of something else I is tom true.
2: hardy and joel edgerton no in it? no i don't think oh. so.
3: i've never seen it i just remember it came out and i remember it got some like i think it got like high marks like people were talking about it was pretty <laughs> good but it might have been one of those things too where it might have just been like a direct tv channel or something it wasn't mm. I don't remember where I don't remember who aired it or maybe it was like Cinemax or
1: something. But
3: uh, I'm finding a
1: warrior TV show in the works. Um, Oh,
3: maybe maybe that's it. Then maybe I'm thinking of something else. And maybe I've just heard that it's coming out. Maybe that's what I'm thinking
1: of. Yeah. Looks like looks like it's in the works. Uh, Sorry about that. Gavin O'Connor has confirmed uh, that a warrior TV show is happening and reveals the first plot and character details. Um, This article is from like a month ago. So, yeah.
2: So, yeah, it's in the works. So I guess you haven't also, seen the series. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Also, I'll throw out, I love Gavin O'Connor movies. Yeah. I think the guy makes some amazing movies. You know, it's this, what an miracle. interesting
1: career. What an interesting career, because after Miracle kind of goes, or, you know, he does this, and then he kind of goes away and does The Accountant, right? Like, he directed The Accountant. <gasps> yeah. um, oh, man. I actually, I like The Accountant I kind of do, bit. too. It, uh, it grows on bit. you. Um, so yeah. And then <laughs> after that, uh, he did the Wayback, which I don't know if you guys saw the way back with, uh, yeah, Affleck, yeah, yeah. the I basketball like the movie, back. but I thought that was good too. So he's got like, he's got three like good to great sports movies, which is really interesting to me.
2: So, you know, I recently, yeah. I watched the way back like two weeks ago for the first time. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, it was meh for me.
1: Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it, but uh, it that's
2: a, a story for that's a conversation for another day. All right, let's uh, we'll move on to my
1: number five. Uh, hey, I've got. Can I ask you a question?
2: really yeah, quick? sure.
3: I'm
1: sorry. What is it? I, the Warrior
3: was not on my list, or war, the Warrior. Sorry, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> no, <laughs> oh, you're good. sure. That's a that's a that's a good song. Uh, warrior is not on my list. But what is it? You say if it's if it's on your list
1: higher than the person that says it? Oh, Trump.
3: Yeah, Trump. Just Trump it. Yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah. So you you, got, got you guys something. are sticking with Trump. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We're, you know, it's <laughs> it's a little it's
1: a little safer we're, for the time being. We're past. We're past. <laughs> I still think someday, I don't know how long it'll take, but someday people will think that's the origin of that word. Like it just like oh, yeah. the way the human brain works or whatever. Um it's just a wild thing.
2: There, there's a there's an actual term for that. I forget the name of it, but uh Yeah. yeah. It's, it's 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 it has something to do with frisbee. Mm. like Mm -hmm. where you know it's actually called a discus you know but everybody just calls it a frisbee now because the pop culture nomenclature just changed the name to it band-aid q-tip yeah 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 Yeah, exactly uh my okay uh oh go ahead i was gonna say so who who, i was gonna ask who's gonna go next yeah i'll go next
1: i'll go next uh my number five is a hitchcock movie uh shadow of a doubt uh, is what I have oh, at number I didn't five. Even
3: think about this. This uh, is my
1: favorite Hitchcock film. Go on. I think it qualifies. I think this is a, I, I absolutely, absolutely. It is definitely a showdown movie between the Charlies, right? It's Charlie yeah. versus Charlie, and it comes to a head at the end. And um, I, this is such a great movie, and mm-hmm. it is one of those Hitchcock movies that I think is underseen for whatever reason, maybe because it's a little older. Um, but it is high quality stuff. So if you haven't checked out Shadow of a Doubt. Uh, You've got Teresa Wright uh, as young Charlie and you've got Joseph Cotton as uncle Charlie and um, both doing incredible, incredible stuff. Some, some of my, some of my favorite stuff in this is just the family conversations around the dinner table. And it's just, this is just, this is a really great movie uh, front to back. So this is my,
3: this is my favorite Hitchcock. I kind of hate that it is sometimes though, because everybody's always like, you know, that's Hitchcock's favorite of his movies, right? I'm like, yeah, (laughs) that's not why. (laughs) And yeah. to be fair, I mean, like, my, like, top, like, probably seven Hitchcocks could replace each other on a daily mm-hmm. basis yeah, if I really sure. thought about it. But, uh, no, I just, I, I absolutely love this movie. I, yeah, I was trying to think out of the box a little bit, too. So, I But this one didn't come to my mind. But, no, this totally works. Yeah. Absolutely. There's a great kind of weird, it's not really a remake, but it's kind of a remake called Stoker. Oh. Uh, that came out, like, maybe 10 years ago or something. Um, that's, uh, that, that's pretty interesting. But, uh, yeah, no, Shadow of a Doubt's amazing.
1: Awesome.
3: Uh, what's your number five, Jonathan? Uh, my number five is definitely. Uh, it's kind of more in the line of warrior, but it's a little older. It's uh, Enter the Dragon. Uh, mm. Yeah, such a good movie. Oh my god. Uh, we, I mean, much like his son. I mean, we we lost Bruce Lee just way too young. I'm, I'm always because you watch this movie and you, you just think about what the 80s would have been like with Bruce Lee. Uh, The 80s action scene, you know, if you had Bruce Lee mixed in there, too, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the Mm -hmm. kind of stuff he would be doing, like, what we, you know, but uh, but anyways, no, I love this movie. And it's it's um, it's you know, it's it's not really I I mean, it is kind of a tournament movie, which is always kind of like Warrior, which is always for whatever reason, a little appealing to me. I, I find that like going through the stages and all that. But uh, but the thing I really like about this, because the thing I thought about this when I was trying to figure out my movies was you need a really, really good villain, I think, to make these to make these work. And Mm -hmm. I think that uh, I don't I'm going to butcher this name, but I'm going to go with (laughs) Kian Shi plays Han who is just this just terrifying villain. Yeah, and he's got the he's got the claw hand, which has been yeah. which has been done to death in parodies and, and other and not parodies where mm-hmm. people have just try to come up with these villains. it's almost like a bond villain or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is yeah. kind of like Bruce Lee. He really is. Movie. This is as close yeah. to
2: like uh, the eastern even though it's an American film is an yeah. eastern bond. Really. Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm.
3: he's got like because Hans got like this it's I guess yeah, he's got like this island and fight and island. Yeah, he's got all these fighters and you know, and they're in each one of them you know like Jim Kelly plays one of the fighters in this which is interesting and uh, yeah so it's just it's just a really really exciting great action movie uh, talk yep. about a director that had a weird career Robert Klaus this might be his only good movie but man that guy has directed some odd stuff but uh, <laughs> it, it, you kind of you watch this and you're just kind of like how how did he even make this like and but I think a lot of it has to do with Bruce and uh, this is definitely my favorite Bruce Lee movie I think it's his best movie. easy yeah easy. yeah Uh, and uh, I just love it. And if it's one of those you've just never gone back and watched or you felt like you've seen it just because you've seen a lot of other, I, I
2: highly, highly recommend it.
3: Nice, so good.
2: All right, let's. Uh... Uh, it's uh, if we we wouldn't have uh, Mortal Kombat or nope. Street Fighter or any of those if it wasn't Our, for Enter the Dragon. So. I mean, those are examples of stuff maybe we shouldn't have, but that's okay. <laughs> hey, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I love no, Mortal Kombat, but
3: even like even stuff like Bloodsport and uh, you know stuff. I mean, there's so many of these types of movies. Best of the best. Yeah. I don't whatever you want to go to. Yes, but yeah. does
1: it have a song that's like? Enter the dragon! This is 1973. Uh,
3: that,
1: all right, let's get into game. our number fours. Um,
2: yep. Kick us off. So this is where I have The Lion King. Oh, okay. All uh, right. Yeah. Uh, we got the final showdown between Simba and Scar. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of what the movie, uh, the Hamlet story is building up to. Mm-hmm. Uh, easily my favorite Disney uh, drawn. I, I I don't know how you uh, categorize it, but drawn animation yeah, as opposed drawn. to like a yeah. hand drawn. Yeah, uh, easily my favorite hand drawn uh, Disney movie ever. Uh, the music is amazing. Uh, the visuals to this day are still beautiful. Like the stampede in the gorge, mm-hmm. you know, is just so in like anxiety and like adrenaline inducing. And what can I say about Jeremy Irons that hasn't been said before Scar might be one of the best villains ever portrayed on the screen. Yeah, He's agree. just yeah. It it's 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 a combination of sh- the Shakespearean element which I I'll admit I don't like Shakespeare but whenever you can mod- and it's and in it's the uh, the actual like a uh, articulation and like the, the poetic version of speaking that I'm not a fan of whenever you have like a modernization of that storytelling, like in this, uh, that's when it really hits me. That's when the emotions really hit me. Like the long live the King, you know, line, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's, it's so good. So you have just too many good people in this movie for it not to be like one of the greatest movies ever made. Jeremy Irons, uh, yeah, one of the best films. Oh, ever.
3: man. Be, be Prepared is one of my favorite uh, sure. oh, scenes ever in the movie. Oh, so good. Oh, the in music movie. in this movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It might be the best. It it might be the best, like, Disney soundtrack. I'm trying to think. Like, I really like mm-hmm. Moana. Like, Moana is that's the a most great recent soundtrack. one that just yeah. blew me away. Yeah. Um, it's a, I know it's, a lot of people like For me, it's like between Frozen. this and Aladdin.
2: For me, it's between this and Aladdin. Oh, for the best that's soundtrack. A, yeah.
3: yeah. And, like, what, a year, a uh, couple, uh year, uh, Two years apart, I guess. Mm-hmm. Ninety-two and ninety-four. This so, was ninety-four. You
1: know. I th- yeah, I Aladdin think. was ninety-two. Yeah. So yeah.
2: okay. So yeah. Uh, there we go. That's my number four.
1: My number four might get trumped. In fact, I think it will, um, unless it wasn't considered a showdown movie. Uh, I have Whiplash at uh, at number four.
2: I was really close to putting it on my list, but I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah I, th- I think this qualifies as fine. a
1: showdown uh, yeah, movie between the two of them, especially the way yeah. it ends um, is yeah. you know very much a big battle uh, of drumming, and uh, we've talked much, much, much about this movie and many different BECs, uh, so no yeah. need to go into a lot other than to say, wow, what a, what a, <laughs> wow. Movie. I will,
3: yeah. I will say, I, I agree with you on this that it is a showdown movie. Um I don't like this movie. Um and the but I'll tell you why I don't like. Yeah, Andrew's like <laughs> Andrew's leaving. about to walk out. <laughs> this movie makes me really really uncomfortable. It's yeah. and it's supposed yeah. to. It's supposed to. It's supposed to, but you but it so it's more of a trigger thing like mm-hmm. uh just sure. the mm. I can't sit there for an hour and a half and watch a grown man yell at a kid and abuse a kid that way. Mm-hmm. It's just something personally like I just, I, and I know there's I know there's more to it than that, but like that's all I sure. see when I watch this yeah. movie. I wish I could enjoy it. Oh, that's my it. bread and butter. I watch that all. <laughs> I wish, yeah. I wish I could enjoy it on the level. I wish I could get more out of it than that because I, you know, our friend uh, Barrett at CinemaSins and uh, you know, he, this is like one of his all-time favorite movies. He's got like a poster up on mm-hmm. his, in his office and uh, he probably talked about it when he's been on here Mm -hmm. um but um i just i i can't get there because it's just so like it's just oh god i just i get chills and it makes me like just you know want to take a shower and i don't know i get that but i but i think it's a great (laughs) i think it's a great entry i'm glad one of you put it on here yeah
2: yeah i mean what a way to announce yourself to the world you know with, mm-hmm. with if yeah. this is your coming out movie I will say for me I believe I've said this before I think this is technically the best movie ever made it's not my favorite movie ever it's my number three movie uh, on nice. my greatest of all time list uh if I would have uh, considered it a, a a best ever showdown movie it would have easily been my number one but yeah uh, yeah. Yeah. uh Jonathan what's your Paul? number four um
3: my number four is uh is a, a few good men. Um, Mm -hmm. this is, this is Mm. one of my all time favorite movies. Um, I, I just love, love this movie, but I think the Tom Cruise versus Jack Nicholson thing. I mean, I, I I don't know if like from the get go, like this is the, this is the goal, but I feel like there's enough there. Like once he meets with him and realizes that he's involved, I do feel like it is kind of a battle of how are we going to get him? I just don't think you get the battle from Nicholson's side because I don't think Nicholson cares about, right. about, right. about, you know, about Daniel, uh, Caffey. I, I, but I, but I still just that final, you know, 15 minutes or whatever, 20 minutes. I mean, just that, that showdown leading up where he's explaining what he's going to do, uh, which always irritates me that Roger Ebert says that scene ruins the movie. God, that makes me so mad when I read that review. But, um, I love that scene where he's talking to Demi Moore and, um, Kevin Paul, like, and he's explaining mm-hmm. exactly how he's going to get him, you know, to admit what he did and then you get to see it played out and it's just, it's exciting cinema. Um, I know like Tom Cruise has probably taken a hit from a lot of people's views over the last like 15 years or whatever. And I don't know if this movie, although it's on TV, it's on TV a lot, but I don't know if this movie is quite as, as loved as it used to be. Maybe it is. I don't know. I just don't feel like people talk about it as much, but it's, uh, it's, it's definitely one of those movies in my teen years that was like, you know, this is why I love movies. And, um, and i just i even if the movie doesn't necessarily follow the true like i don't know if it i don't know i, I had a hard time figuring out if it fit in here or not but i just i no, i, I totally thought there does. was enough i thought there was enough to yeah to get it yeah. in here so yeah.
2: i'll put him on the stand yeah. oh my yeah.
3: god and kevin yeah. kevin kevin bacon's sweater game in this movie is brilliant
2: um, <laughs> there's yeah uh, uh it's uh i i just recently watched this movie a couple months ago uh, by the way, I think Rob Reiner's streak of movies oh, that this encompasses is like the best, like yeah. amazing streak of it, movies it in ends, anybody's
3: career ever. I think it ends here though, because I think North was the movie he followed this. up. Yeah,
1: yeah. I've had this conversation. <laughs> yeah. By the way, it's one of my favorite. I call it. I actually yeah. call it the Hitch List uh, directors that have made five mm, great yeah. movies in a row. Uh, but he Rob- did
3: do. But if you if you take North out of the mix, so he did do American President, like, right? I right. think right, and that's a that's a really yeah. good movie. But yeah, what is it? It's like uh, it starts with is it Spinal Tap and yeah, Through a few Spinal good tab. men because you've got like Princess Bride and uh, Misery mm-hmm. and Stand by Me. I mean, it, it's it's nuts. It's the yeah, only
1: it, one it was, I just mentioned that because great... the, the only one to compare is the Hitchcock North by Northwest, Vertigo, Psycho, like that that five yeah. run streak is. Well, you we also incredible have Nolan. Christopher Nolan, yeah, too. yeah. So, and who knows how long, but uh, it's
2: really yeah, it's uh, it's one of those movies. Uh, what I was gonna say is that after this rewatching, I'm surprised how much I never really appreciated how good Demi Moore is in this movie. Like, whenever I watched this movie originally, you know, I always go back to thinking, you know, Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson, and you know, and just Rob Reiner in general. But this last time, I really. Noticed and really appreciated just how good she is. No, yeah, she's great. Yeah. She's great. Uh, she yeah.
3: she's she's one of those. I think she's gotten kind of lost in the conversation because she kind of became more of a you know divorcing Bruce Willis and then you know Mary Ashton Kutcher and I, I think that kind of became more of what she was known for. Um, yeah. and, uh, and she had some unfortunate, you know, uh, uh, health issues and stuff, mental issues and stuff that, you know, got kind of ri- ridiculously, you know, memed and whatnot. It was dumb, but, uh, she, no, she's great. She's got a lot of good stuff back <laughs> in that day yeah. where she was a powerhouse. Um, but yeah, I just, I just, that final scene, there's so many things you get something different out of it every time. Like I love. Like Kevin Bacon, like I love his reaction after mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know uh, Nicholson says the line or you know, I, you know you're you know you're right I did yeah and Kevin and he's just like Caffey has to be like
2: Jack like come on man like what are you gonna do yeah uh, oh yeah. it's so good it's chilling so good. Love Kevin it. Bacon does a lot of those roles I remember we're watching Frost Nixon whenever he was the uh,
3: love that movie mm-hmm.
2: yeah oh it's a great movie but yeah. whenever he's Nixon's I guess uh pr rep yeah. for the uh, for the interviews and whenever uh nixon says uh whenever a president uh does something it's not illegal it just cuts to kevin making he's like oh crap <laughs> like you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right let's uh let's head into our number threes uh what do you got Andrew? all right uh this might surprise people that i have this lower than what a lot of people would uh this is where i have rocky Oh, nice! Is it going to get trumped by anybody? No. Well, I,
3: I, yeah, no, not. I mean, no, not really. Uh, Go on. (laughs) I'll explain that a couple picks.
2: Sure. Uh, It's uh, oh, you have a different Rocky hire, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah, I get that. Rocky two is one of those. If that's the one you're thinking of, then. But anyway, uh, or Ivan Drago, but uh, I the crazy thing about Rocky is I just uh, I looked this up the other day. It's a two-hour movie with eight and a half minutes of boxing. Yeah isn't that crazy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like an actual that's all the boxing. The rest of it is character development, character motivation, setting up, you know, the environment that Philadelphia just becomes this character and the relationships that are built to where the the boxing element of this movie is not only secondary, but it might even be tertiary in in like how important it is. Mm -hmm. Because even after the fight, you have all these people running up to Rocky who, you know, trying to get his, uh, uh, getting him for an interview because he, he went the distance and stuff. But all he's like, Adrian, because that is the most important part of this movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's, it's easily one of my favorite fight movies ever made. It's just one of my favorite movies ever made. It's I did I don't know if I've ever told you I've done the Rocky Run in Philadelphia. Nice. Where you actually mm-hmm. do the whole like yeah. Uh it's horrible. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's truly horrible.
1: Too much. Too much.
2: Yeah. Uh I did I did the Rocky run slash walk slash crawl.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. my number three is in, by the way, all my top five are in like my top 40 of all time. Um, oh, but, same. Uh, so, but so they're all hundred. So least, they're all yeah. Pixar. Sorry, <laughs> yes. Yes. They're yeah. all Pixar. Especially this one. Uh, <laughs> my number, my number three is one. I don't know that I'm on an island of thinking it's a great movie. I think people think it's a great movie, but I don't often hear it in like best of lists and that kind of thing. But I have the Revenant uh, at number three. Um,
2: Very interesting. I, yeah, that totally works.
1: Yeah, no, it is absolutely a showdown movie, and it yeah. you know ends with an incredible showdown. Um, I think this movie, on a movie making level, is one of the best movies ever made. And then beyond that, I think the performances are great. I think you know what's happening here. The fact that he chose to shoot in only natural light for this movie blows my mind. Um, oh, yeah,
2: He's like who, they only had like thirty minutes to shoot each day. Yeah, was this uh, where the was light this, was right? Was this in Aratu, or I don't know how to say
3: it. Was that who in directed Aratu? those? Yeah, 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 in, in, Aratu. In Aratu.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah. I uh, I I love this movie, and again, um, it's not an easy movie to watch. There's definitely some you know some traumatic things that happen in the movie. Um, so I always yeah. tell people that. But then after that, I'm just like, but man, as far as compelling experiences go. <laughs> The DiCaprio yeah. Hardy stuff in here is just absolutely astonishing. So yeah. So that's For my me, three. this
2: movie is actually like the whole revenge element is kind of overshadowed by a single scene, and that's the bear scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like I think that's the scene everybody comes back to. When in reality it's such I mean, it's the inciting incident, but it's so mm-hmm visceral and shocking that it's the only thing that I really think about when this movie is brought sure. up. I totally understand But I that. totally agree this movie is 100% uh, a revenge film, like a showdown movie. And yeah. it's just a brilliant movie in general. Yep. So, I love it. Yeah. Um, Jonathan, what do you got at
1: number
3: three? My um, number three is a movie that kind of gets over, I think it gets overshadowed by, because it was released in 1995 the same year as Braveheart. So I think Braveheart has really overshadowed this movie, but I think it's, outstanding and that's rob roy i almost think rob roy <laughs> rob is so be, good i might even like rob roy better than i do brave Heartfact. in fact i know i do i don't know if i don't sure. know if i think it's better but i it's definitely more enjoyable for me um tim roth it's li- so good Lee, it's oh uh, liam neeson good. and tim roth yeah tim roth is maybe my all-time uh favorite villain in this in this in this the, his villain in this movie might be my all-time favorite villain in a movie i mean he's up there yeah, I get like, it. he's up there in that like you know that Vader, uh, Khan, whatever, whatever it's you want to throw out there, realm. It's the
2: air of superiority that he carries with oh him. Oh my God, that is he, just so inciting and in rage-inducing. Yeah, he's yeah. just he's like, like
3: he's kind of like if if Adam Driver's character in the Last Duel was just full on villain. I think somebody mm-hmm. is mowing my yard right now. Sorry about that. I <laughs> no, uh, Can't uh, even so hear you. Can't even hear. It. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, but he's just. Uh, it's just amazing and then all this builds up so he goes and for if people haven't seen this one uh Ro- Liam Neeson plays Rob Roy i mean it is based on an actual person but he plays yeah. Rob Roy and uh Tim Roth's character comes over uh it basically like kind of just destroys his house and land and stuff and mm-hmm. uh uh um assaults his wife and just just makes his life hell and so the rest of the movie is basically like Rob Roy is you know, destined to like, you know, fight uh Cunningham. And yeah. the sword fight that happens
2: is it's one of the best the,
3: is the best sword fight ever in a movie. It is so intense. It is just insane. Like they have these big broad swords. Like it's not like the three musketeers with the whisk whisp whisk. I don't know why well, the like, yeah, you know, well, visual thing Tim on a podcast. Roth does have like a little
2: rapier, but yeah,
3: Rob yeah, definitely true, has true. the big yeah. Yeah, I don't know my I don't know my weapons well.
2: But, but it's I, just, I know what you're saying. Yeah, yeah it's, it's one just, of the best shot. Yeah, and it's and they and they
3: both like they both. Are, it's just so brutal and uh, it, it's it's amazing. It's just amazing. It's an amazing oh. movie. Can't recommend it enough.
2: When Liam Neeson just grabs the blade. Yes. Ugh. Yes.
1: Ugh. Oh God. Have you seen this, Aaron? Yes. Yes, okay. I have. Yeah, not in a long time. Not probably since it came out. Yeah. Um. So I need to. Jessica
2: re-watch. Lang is also excellent in this movie. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. this is around yeah, William Hurt is great in this too oh yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. No, there's it's so a good. there's a there's a whenever it comes to like a like movie like a sword fighting scenes mm-hmm. uh this one and uh the duelist I don't know if anybody has that on their list for today but those two movies are brought up as like the two most realistic sword fighting scenes yeah realistic in yeah, a good term yeah. in cinematic yeah, history
3: so. I need to watch yeah. The Duelist. That's Ridley Scott's first film, right? And that's one I've never seen, I don't yeah. think. Yeah. Unless Sometimes I watch these movies from like 70s and 80s. I'm like, oh, no, I have totally
2: seen this. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't think I've the seen The Duelist it. is great. I, I yeah. really like The Duelist. Okay, I'll check that out.
1: Yeah. Uh, all right, on to our number twos. Uh, Andrew, what do you uh, got at number two? We don't have a repeat yet. This is fun. I like this. What do you yeah. got at number two? Uh,
2: this one is, there's a high probability somebody has this on their list, um, but this is my Ridley Scott movie that I was talking about, and it's Gladiator. Nice. Anyway, I didn't trumpet. have that on my list, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have the, it in my uh, honorable mentions, but yeah. Mm, I
3: haven't watched uh, it in a long time, so but I, I, I can totally see this being on the list.
2: Yeah, the, the, the final encounter between Commodus and Maximus is just stellar. Ridley Scott does, and I think that this is also brought up well in The Duelist, is he has a way of kind of the same thing that Stephen King does in his movies, where villains in some of Ridley Scott movies are so just overtly, unquestionably evil that it's, that some people might say, well, there's not a lot of layers to this character. Like it, they're not making me, there's no sympathy level for this character. Like, like in, uh, for this movie, it, Commodus is just so insanely evil that mm-hmm. Joaquin Phoenix just gives a incredibly stellar performance. But, uh, you know, the story of Maximus, the, uh, the fall from grace the you know the rising from the ashes it's uh it it's very biblical in a way uh and it's just gorgeous too. That's another thing uh Ridley Scott can make some of the most gorgeous beautiful like just cinematic spectacles that you've ever seen. Yeah, it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, good choice. Good choice. I I love it. I just like I said
3: it's been it's probably been 15 years since I've seen it, but no, I I, mm. I love this movie. This
1: movie's great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my number Hard two, in. my number two is probably my biggest stretch uh, to fit the category. I do think it works. In my mind, it definitely does. Um, Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds yeah. is my number two. Um, no, uh, the Truman Show. Is what I have at number two. I really do see this as a Truman versus Kristoff movie, and it really does result in a showdown at the end. uh, You know who's going to persevere, and uh, Truman does. Um, So yeah, I've talked about this movie a lot. Love it, Um, and uh, so prescient. You know that's something you have to talk about when you talk about this movie. Is just how much it it really kind of played into something that was going to become the norm as far as all of our lives are almost you know can be on display 24 hours a day seven days a week um so uh yeah so truman show that's I, my number i i two.
3: still i still i know, and i know this is a pointless thing because you know it is what it is you know there's only five nominations every year people get missed but i jim carrey not getting nominated for this is is a crime like, and I think Ed Harris got nominated. I think. I think, I think he I might, might have. have he did too. Yeah, I think he might. But have. Jim Carrey didn't, and it's just it. It's always just killed me. Like,
1: yeah. I I don't even remember who won that year. That was ninety eight. But uh, but man, how many God, nominations did Carrey get? Because he had some. He had some. Did he ever get a nominee? Did he get a nomination for Man on the Moon?
2: An Oscar? No, I don't. Think he's, he's never, never got an Oscar it. nomination. I don't think that's so, ridiculous. Yeah. That's he didn't ridiculous. get it for Eternal Sunshine. He didn't get it for Man on the Moon. He didn't oh. get it for this. Yeah. Just incredible work. He, he didn't get it for Dumb and Dumber. He didn't get it for Ace Ventura. Yeah. He didn't get it for, yeah. It's almost uh, like, I'll never. I,
3: I was like following you there, not even really. like. <laughs> I was
1: like, I was like, wait a second. I think the first movie he could have reasonably had awards uh, talk about was Cable Guy. I think he does some really interesting <laughs> things in Cable Guy. Jonathan thinks I'm kidding. Are you I'm doing kidding. a bit, right? No, no, no. I, know, it, no I
3: don't think you're kidding. I just, I don't, I don't like, I need to rewatch Cable Guy. I have never seen it since the theater. Yeah. I had a, I just did not like it. Yeah, but no, no, no. Everybody I know loves that movie, so I need to watch
2: it again. I just think he's doing think
1: some it. interesting stuff there. But um. But no, but once he gets to this stage of his career, it became very obvious that awards were not going to be a thing for him, that people are like, you already got your awards. Your awards are in the $20 million paychecks you get for he was, yeah, you, like, I, jokes. He yeah.
3: was hurt. I think he was hurt about this. Oh, genuinely, I think he, genuinely. If I remember. Yeah, okay, okay. That's what yeah. I thought.
1: Yeah, I, I think it really impacted, and and it, that back to back with the man on the moon thing, where he just lost himself in that character. Mm-hmm. There's a great documentary, by the way, if you haven't seen it, called Jim and Andy. Uh, oh, that, that kind out. of that uh, that goes over this stuff. But the back to back combination of not getting any awards nominations, even though it was something some a validation that he really did want, and losing himself in that character, I think really, really, he's had a lot of recovery uh, to to do. Oh, on I'm that sure. Stuff. So, and that yeah.
3: that's a movie where I'm not a huge like the movie itself is is fine, but mm-hmm. he's yeah. he's excellent in it. I mean, he becomes yeah. Andy Kaufman in a way he really does. Yeah. I don't think anyone else could. So
1: yeah, yeah. Uh, what do you got at number two, uh,
3: Jonathan? So this is my Rocky movie. I will say real quick why I didn't pick Rocky because I think Rocky is the best film in the franchise. I think the only one that even comes close is maybe Creed, mm-hmm. like the first Creed movie, but I think Rocky is yeah. the best movie in the franchise. My thing with Rocky when I was thinking through my just kind of my own personal criteria. Um Apollo isn't really like uh, like like Rocky's just trying to uh, do something. Like he's trying to become a boxer and mm-hmm. all that kind of yeah. stuff. I feel like I feel like Apollo just happens to be that person, but Rocky 3 is the one I went with. Mr. And T yeah, I almost went with Rocky Four, but the reason I went I with Rocky, Rocky III, Four reason i reason I went with Rocky Three though is because I think Clubber Lang is a better villain than Drago. I, I think Clubber Lang is such a great villain, and Clubber Lang is really the one that's wanting to duel with Rocky. Rocky right. doesn't really want to have anything to do with them, so I think that's an interesting dynamic. Because I mean that one of those early scenes is you know Clubber Lang pulling up and just you know shouting at Rocky like why won't you fight me you need to fight me and all that kind of stuff and then of course you deal with you know um, um, Mickey's death which oh, really yeah. gets Rocky on the path and all that kind of stuff which I know Rocky and Rocky Four just kind of repeats that I my personal favorite in the franchise is Rocky Four
2: uh, this in the first that's, one the are best like re- next. that's the best revenge. Like yeah. out of all the Rocky movies.
3: Yeah, but I but he but I but I just I don't know. This one for some reason hit me harder with what we were talking about. And I think a lot of it has to do just with Mr. T and the Clubber Lane character. I just think he's such a you know, I just think he's a really, really just kind of kind of scary uh villain because he's just so like uh, animalistic and just like so um I don't yeah. know, he's just so like uh it's all just uh, I'm trying to think Primal. of a word. Yeah, he's just very primal. It's just, you know, it's very much just driven. Like, he just wants to pound the crap out of Rocky. Mm-hmm. Uh, Drago's a little more like, I just don't think in Rocky Four it doesn't really matter that it's Rocky. Like, I, they just want Drago to come over, and they want him to beat the best. And the best happens to be Rocky. Right. Uh, whereas, I think Clubber Lang really wants Rocky. Like, he thinks Rocky's fake. He thinks he's, you know, he doesn't think he's nearly as good. And we find out in the first fight, he's not. Um, yeah. And then you have the he's got to rebuild himself and the training with Apollo is so good and that relationship gets cemented and makes it so much sadder in the fourth one mm-hmm. uh, when yeah. Apollo dies. So, yeah, this this just felt like the the one I should put in there. Nice. Also, but I don't Rocky think you can go 3- wrong with any of them.
2: No. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I think the interesting thing about Rocky Three is it brings up a really interesting racial element to the movie too. Yeah. Like especially between uh Pauly and like Apollo Creed, like you can't train him like a black fighter and stuff like that. And you're like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're gonna get into this element, and it's interesting. You know, the way you see the different training aspects between the way Creed trains and then the way yeah. that Mickey trained, you know, mm-hmm. and the physical transformation you have from like Rocky two to Rocky three, like he's definitely more cut and lean. Yeah. And, uh, I, I well, really, I, I'm just a super fan of the Rocky franchise. So me too. I me love you. Uh,
3: it's one of my favorites. Um, and I, you know, I, this is also the one where Stallone really takes control of it. Like, I mean, he obviously he wrote the first one, and I, I assume he wrote the second one, but different directors, or maybe he did direct the second one. I don't know. This just feels like, I mean, this is this is 1983, and then for this you know, one, uh, and then just two years later, you get Rocky IV and Rambo: First Blood Part Two released in the same year. So mm-hmm. I mean, this is Stallone getting to that peak. And uh, I, I think that's part of it, too, is just the lone becoming yeah. a movie star and this stuff like 82, that. 82, yeah. 82, nice. that's right. Yeah.
1: Nice. Is uh, this the
2: one that has uh, Hulk Hogan's Thunder yes. Lips in it, too? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Uh, all right, we're on to our number ones. Still no
1: repeats. We'll be interesting to see if we, any of us have the same number one. Mm. Um, Andrew,
2: you're going first. Uh, I'm going to go with a little Scorsese film starring Leonardo DiCaprio, of course, And Daniel Day-Lewis, I'm going to go with Gangs of New York. (laughs) Ah, nice. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, Bill the Butcher, one of the best villains ever. Mm -hmm. Whenever you're talking about Daniel Day-Lewis, you you know you're going to be talking about one of the greatest performances of all time. That's just, that's what he does. He doesn't do anything less than perfection. Mm -hmm. Uh, I love how how immersive uh, that this turn-of-the-century New York is. And how well you know brought to life it is. The this is definitely a, a final showdown movie, but it's also like an amazing revenge story. This actually feels a lot more Shakespearean than uh, than a lot of movies that uh, I, I I can think of that are actually Shakespeare. Like this <laughs> has like pure Hamlet written all over it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Cameron Diaz is amazing. Leo's amazing. Uh, yeah, it's, it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. It's like in my top 20. Nice. Uh, long, very long movie, so uh, if, don't start watching it unless you have the time to finish it. Um, and if you want to see what the real... Uh, uh, greatest showman, what's his name? Freaking... Hmm?
0: Who, what are we talking
2: about? No, not Hugh Jackman. The actual character of... Uh, oh, Barnum. PT yeah, Barnum. Barnum you want to see the real PT Barnum watch Gangs of New York <laughs> <laughs> yeah there you go so, there
1: you yeah. go doesn't break out into song in that one though so no, this it was interestingly it. enough I don't know if you remember
3: this Andrew but when I did uh when you guys did the whatever you what do you call that with the like I name like three movies and you have to pick the one that I didn't see or I had oh you're a game. of shame game. Yeah. yeah and Gangs of New York was one of mine that I hadn't seen I've seen it since and yeah I loved it it's great Nice.
2: yeah absolutely love it Aaron my
1: number one is The Prestige um, oh good call is what I have at number one Um, and yeah I again this is one we've talked about many many times it is my favorite Nolan movie Um, I just think it's such it's the thing that I always go back to is of all his movies he plays with different elements of magic you know whether it be time or whatever And this one it is the most explicit on the screen and yet is also somehow uh, the most metaphorical. You know, there's there's this beautiful thing about filmmaking in his movies and how it is magic. And he just lays it all out here uh, on the page and somehow interweaves it into this incredibly compelling, fascinating, surprising story. So,
2: yeah. Can I tell you why I didn't put this movie on my list? Sure. Because – if I if I'm remembering when I read the email t- mm-hmm. talking about this it was talking about a final showdown between right. characters. Right, But I think a fair that point. in this movie it's very, you know, it's the the inciting incident is at the very beginning and then the rest of the movie is just a competition it's a fair point. between them. Yeah, that's a so, that's, that's a fair point. I can I can see but that. But I don't begrudge you at all for yeah. <laughs> like I'm never going to be mad for anybody mentioning the prestige.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, like and I know so, I'm not as high on Nolan, as a lot of people with some of his films, but I'm I'm with you on this one. I I this one's amazing. Like I I, I think my problems with Nolan and some of his films where I I think structurally I, I think structurally he has some issues sometimes and stuff like that. But I I think he nails it here. I think everything about this movie is pretty perfect. This or Interstellar, mm-hmm. uh, is my favorite film of his. I go back and forth. Yeah. but nice. uh, yeah, no, it's amazing.
1: All right, so what do you got at number one? Jonathan,
3: man, this was when you, when I first read the email of what we were doing, this was the first movie that came to my mind. I think this is like the ultimate showdown movie and it is high noon. Uh, um, yeah. I, I, I just, I love this movie. I have a lot of nostalgia for it with, uh, it was a movie that my dad and I watched a lot together, which I, I think, I think, I don't think I'll be the only uh, son who has that, who has that, uh, story. Uh, but, yeah. uh, Gary Cooper, uh, plays Grace a, Kelly. Yeah, Gary oh Gary Kelly's so good in this. Uh, Gary Cooper plays a sheriff of a of a town and uh he um somebody uh, the, the a prisoner that he put away, played by Ian McDonald, uh, gets out of prison and he's on his way to uh to, to fight to, to have a shootout with Gary Cooper at he high stays. noon. He stays. He stays. And it's just God, it's just it's it it's just it's such an incredible it's just such an incredible movie it, it, and it go it's the the final showdown and everything is outstanding and everything but it's just there's so much more going on in the movie and it's also one of those kind of pivotal turning points with the western like this is I mean I think the western really changed in the late in '69 with the Wild Bunch but this is still like, oh, yeah. this is sure. so different than like the Westerns of the forties. Like this is a very much a change and you kind of, kind of start seeing the evolution of what the Western is going to become. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I just, I just love it. Love it. Love it. Especially with this, for this topic alone, I I couldn't think of a better movie uh, to put it number one. So if for some reason you haven't seen it or you're just uh, and t- and, and I mean it, people don't like to watch black and white, that's fine. This is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen in my life. And if it was in color, it wouldn't be. I think the black and white uh, cinematography in this movie is just so good. So good. Nice. I love this movie. Fred Zinneman, I think, directed it. I think that's right. Yes, he did. Because I was looking up
2: uh, what other... He did High Noon, obviously, and then he did uh, From From Here to Eternity. That was the other movie I was trying to think of that he did. Uh, Yeah, I mean... (laughs) You know me. I love westerns. High Noon. Yeah, it's it's brilliant, brilliant movie. I I love the uh, the way this character of of Gary just uh, evolves. Like the whole, no, I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna stay. I'm gonna wait. You know, and uh, the it's a great movie that builds like tension you know like the the more it draws yeah. down to the end of this movie you're just like oh my yeah. gosh it's, it's finally here
3: and he's so like he's got like like he's nervous like he's not yeah. like he's not john wayne like he's yeah like he's not looking forward to it you know like he's he's he's, he's, he's yeah. got yeah. he's got some issues and i and i'm i can't say that i'm a huge gary cooper fan but i just love him in this movie like this is like the perfect role for him and not that I dislike him. I just don't know that he's not a classic actor that I think of when I'm like, who are your favorite actors from that time period? But, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Uh, this is on my list of shame. Even as I've been catching up, I just missed this one somehow. So I will have to get it, uh, get it in the, the rotation. I don't know how but... accessible it is. I didn't look that up, yeah, maybe but I mean, I know
3: it. it's like, I think it's available. Like you can get like a Blu-ray and stuff like that. I, I think it's available, but I, or maybe I'm wrong about that, but I, I mean, There's so. got to be some kind of physical copy out there sure. of it, but I don't know if it's streaming. I have yeah. no idea. I have to get it on my list. I have not checked this one out. You can uh, watch it on Prime. Well, oh, nice! And it because
2: it's weirdly also,
3: and I don't know, maybe just Turner Classic has different deals with different studios, but I don't feel like it's one they ever show either. So it's just it's not on TV. If you if you still have cable, you know, I don't.
2: Does know. TCM have a an app or anything?
3: They do, but you have to have access to some. Either you have to have cable, or you right. have, to have access right. to somebody. Yeah, the as a oh. provider.
1: Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah, they, yeah.
3: Now, okay. I, now they have they do stuff on HBO Max. They have there's a TCM section on HBO Max. But oh really? You know, yeah, but I don't know how many movies okay. are on there and what. Mm.
1: So. I actually just got rid of cable. I just I joined the nicely club. done way to be in the yeah. cord cutting club. Yeah. Uh, well, there you go. Best ever showdown movies. Uh, we'll do some honorable mentions here really quickly because we spent uh, a lot of time uh, killing Michael Myers. Um, you know, which <laughs> the movie didn't, but we did. Uh, yeah. And so we'll run through through these pretty quickly. Uh, Catch me if you can. I think deserves mentioning. Um, the Dark Knight could be considered a showdown movie in many ways. Uh, Hell or High Water was another one I thought of uh, for possible mm-hmm. inclusion. The Fugitive, another great movie, uh, that's kind of a showdown movie. Uh, Phantom Thread, interestingly enough, I think fits this uh, category. Um, love that movie. And, I still need to see it. And in uh, and Three Tin to Yuma is uh, oh god, another yeah. really good I mean, one that here. would be so.
3: like maybe after High Noon, like kind of the western.
1: Yeah. Uh, the original
3: or the remake? Which I, I was talking about the with. remake, but yeah. No, but, yeah. I know, but I'm just saying either way that that story.
1: Yeah,
2: I guess uh, the showdown wouldn't be with uh, Russell Crowe; it'd be with uh, Charlie, mm-hmm. which is uh, Ben Foster's character. I guess. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll buy it. Yeah. I mean, I love Three Ten Yuma, so please talk
1: yeah. more about it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys have any others you wanted to mention
2: before we move on? I figured that this was going to be such a you know broad. Uh, like range of movies that we would go ahead and mention a whole bunch anyway, so I didn't really bother yeah, with the list. Yeah. I was
3: I was kind of surprised. Empire Strikes Back didn't get on either one of yours. Yeah,
1: I just I like, didn't quite feel like it. It fit the man, category, but it it does. You're I'm right. kind of I mean, in the can... same.
3: I'm kind of in the same boat. I think that's I have it as an honorable mention, but mm-hmm. uh, and and maybe it wouldn't have made the top five anyways if I hadn't, but. But yeah that was kind of my thinking. There was a couple like that. Like I was trying to think of a Bond movie because I'm such a huge mm-hmm, fan of that sure. franchise, but really the only one the only one that really really works specifically for this is Man with the Golden Gun and that is terrible. So <laughs> there was no hey. way I was putting that on there. Yeah. Although I, think I love Sky Christopher Fall Lee. Is
2: a pretty good showdown movie.
3: Yeah, so I from I, from Russia with Love, I, I actually saw that on some lists. Like, I kind of looked up, like, what other people thought, like, of what were showdown movies for a mm-hmm. lot of people. And I would see from Russia with Love on there. I don't know that I kind of buy it because I don't know that it matters that it's Bond. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, I, I tried it. Th- actually, oddly enough, we mentioned Halloween Kills, which didn't end up being one. But I was thinking about slasher films. I was mostly mm-hmm. thinking about, like, Nightmare on Elm Street and Halloween. But once again, like, if you take those movies for what they are at that time, I mean, there's really no intent. Like, like, it doesn't matter that it's Nancy that Freddie's just trying to kill everybody. Mm-hmm. So, right. but I do find nightmare and Elm street interesting in the fact that like, I love Nancy as a final girl because once she, once she realizes what's going on, she goes in full, like, I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go do some research and I'm going to figure out how to stop them and all that kind of stuff. So it's really, it's really interesting. One I saw on a lot of lists that I have never seen, unfortunately, and I don't know if you've seen this, Andrew, because you're such a Western fan. But once upon a time in the West, I saw that mentioned a ton. It is, so I thought it was worth mentioning.
2: It's my second favorite Western ever. Nice.
3: Would you consider that like a showdown movie?
2: Yeah, hundred okay. percent. And so, uh, if I would have thought of it, it would have been. <laughs> it would have been on here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. And then three o'clock high, which is actually basically a remake of high noon, but it's set in high school in the eighties uh, is a pretty interesting movie. It's about like basically oh, nice. like a, a guy, a guy ticks off a bully and, uh, and the bully's like, you know, we're going to fight at three o'clock and it's just all building up to that. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of fun. It's under the radar. I think they did just, did just do a Blu-ray release. So I think it's getting yeah. a little more attention. Um, and then I was also trying to think if like Jaws or like something like that was, I finally I decided that it, but you know. I finally decided it wasn't uh, just because, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an animal, right? I mean, the animal is not, does not have revenge. Although, although the Jaw sequels now <laughs> might count yeah. because
1: they decided to
3: create I this would actually, weird, weird
1: framework. I could see including something like, um, what was the Blake Lively one? that I liked that not a lot of people did. Something Um, Deep? Yeah.
3: What was that called? I can't think of what that was called
1: either. But you know the one I'm talking about? (laughs) That is kind of a showdown movie because that that shark has intent. Like, that is definitely, you know... No, that that is a duel between them. uh, Oh, The Shallows. The Shallows. uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it is. That
3: would be more so than Jaws, I think. Because I even thought about like Predator Mm -hmm. and like Aliens. But I just, in the grand scheme of things, like I said, I kind of got, I was trying to think of where it it mattered to both people. Right, yeah. That they were facing each other.
1: Exactly. Yeah, totally. Well, there you go. Best ever showdown movies. Let's move into our buried treasure. Uh, Jonathan, you are the guest, so you get to finish us off. I will start us off. Uh, and I'll just mention this quickly, but uh, second season of The Morning Show is out on Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, mm. I don't know if you checked out the first season. <laughs> My wife is
3: literally watching this right now.
1: That's <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> uh, I am really digging this second season. I enjoyed the first season for what it was. Um, and there's just something about really charismatic, dominating performances on screen that the material, you know, obviously is always going to matter. I, it's not like I don't think there's good material here, but the performances are the drive here. It is so fun to watch um, Anison and Witherspoon uh, go at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is so fun. Um, the, I, I just, I'm having a really good time with this show and very interested in this second season as it progresses. It has made the absolute choice that I usually haven't liked during this time. Where it is going to make the pandemic a part of the storyline, but it's doing it—it's doing it in a way that I haven't seen yet. Where it's really staying tightly focused on pre-pandemic, like kind of in that January, February, March of 2020 range, where it was like you know, kind of you heard of it. So in there, at a, like a morning show, right? So. You know, it's just, it's really interesting to hear them casually mention, yeah, there's this coronavirus thing happening in China and, you know, and then they'll just move on to, you know, a story that's more important to them or whatever. Like it's, it's handling it in a very interesting way. And, um, Mm. I'm curious to see as it progresses, kind of how it does that. Um, but, uh, but more than anything, man, I just, I love these characters and watching, uh, these people, um, in this show. So I thought I'd mention the morning show. I'm enjoying it.
2: Cool. Um, Andrew, what about you? Well, Aaron, as you know, I am going through the years of my list of shame, and we are going to go all the way back to the year 1990 when the Hubble telescope was launched into space. Germany became a full nation again. Paula Abdul danced with a cartoon cat in opposite track, and I turned four. And the little ditty of a film was released called Edward Scissorhands. Nice. Wow, nice. Do not let it be said that I am willing to... that I'm not willing to you know, watch directors that I'm not a fan of just to knock stuff off my list because, as everybody knows, I'm not a big Tim Burton fan. So, what did I think of this movie? It's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Aw, <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I really, I think that the message of this movie is beautiful and important. The, uh, the championing of the thing that makes you different can be your most, you know amazing asset uh, being normal. It isn't always as, as it's cracked up to be uh, using that thing that makes you special to, uh, you know, make the world a more beautiful place is great. I love all of that. It's just, I don't, I'm not a fan of uh, Tim Burton's style. Is it style? You know, it's, it's fine. I think that, you know, uh, uh, Johnny Depp is doing great work here, you know, no, unquestionably, he's doing great work, but other than Big Fish, I can't really think of a Tim Burton... Oh, and Batman, the first Batman movie. Because I think that his style just was very comical anyway, you know? So I think that Batman just kind of works. But uh, yeah, Big Fish is the only one of his movies that I love. So I know this this and Frankenweenie was like one of his first movies that he ever did. So I was expecting to see, is he going to be a more tame version of Tim Burton? You know, one who's not as like, oh, I can do whatever I want now because <laughs> I'm Tim Burton and I'm crazy. You know, uh, it's 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 fine. I'll just say it's fine. I can I can appreciate it for what it is. Is it one that I'll ever watch again? No. It,
3: it's it's interesting though because oh, I'm sorry. I, did I interrupt you? I'm done. Oh. It's interesting though because this was his this was his follow up to Batman. So this was his fourth uh, this was his fourth feature film. So oh, he had done he had I thought done he Pee- did this
2: right after Frank and Weenie. No, and Pee- Wee's,
3: he did Pee he did. Wee's Big Adventure. He did Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. and then he did Batman, and then he did this before, and then he did Batman Returns after this. But um, I didn't like this as a kid. I, I and I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I loved Pee Wee Beetlejuice and Batman so much, and this was just very different. Uh, so I know this is not yeah. a nostalgia thing because I love this movie now. I, I came to mm. this as an adult. I rewatched it and just fell in love with it. I love his suburbia. Like I think his suburbia, I mean, it's yeah. very fantastical and goofy, but like, you know, as someone who's lived in the suburbs for the majority of his life lives in the suburbs now, um, it's not like it's, it's broad and it's like overly uh, comical the way that he does the characters and stuff, but there's a lot of truth in in there like yeah and, and it, it's kind of scary like actually like how close to reality like that that suburban aesthetic is um yeah and so i don't know i and i just i love depth's great i think i think this might be why this is one of winona Ryder. i think her best performances anthony michael hall who was so terrible at halloween <laughs> kills is actually he's an amazing villain here. yeah he's a he's great a really villain. Good villain he's a great here. villain yeah um, I don't know. Yeah. There's just something I could do without, like the the people wanting to like have sex with them. Like that's weird. I think, but um, oh, uh, <laughs> what's her name? It's the something Kelly. It's the, I think. Yeah, yeah, it's the lady from uh, Kathy Baker. Maybe is that Kathy Baker? That's who it yeah. is. Yeah, uh, from Picket Fences and stuff. She's really funny. But uh, yeah, no, I love mm. this movie. But I, I know what you're saying. I, if you're not a Tim Burton fan, I mean, this is this is very like this and Batman Returns back to back. Are the most Tim Burtony movies that have ever Tim Burtoned? I think. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. So that's my. It. All right, John.
3: Yeah, what do you got, what Jonathan? You got? So let's talk about a horror franchise that's actually doing like interesting things. Uh, I wanted to talk about the new TV series on Sci-Fi and USA, and that is Chucky. Um, I, I got to tell you, I'm probably more of a fan of the Child's Play franchise, especially as I get older and you know go back and watch some of these i've become even a bigger fan for a lot of reasons i think one of the interesting things about this franchise though is that don mancini with the exception of the remake um don mancini has been involved in every film he's written them all um he's directed the last few and he is the one heading up this uh tv series i and and i i don't know I, i've only seen the first episode and i'm not saying it blew me away and i and but it's really Interesting because you're like, how are they going to make a like a TV show, you know, out of out of a killer doll, you know, franchise? And I don't know where it's going to go. And I know we're going to get into, I know this is going to tie into the franchise some because there are actors from the like Jennifer Tilly is going to be on this show, Alex Vincent's going to be on the show, and they're going to have a lot of actors from the film. I think Fiona Dorif, Brad Dorif's daughter, is on the show. uh But I think Don Mancini being involved is what makes this because that just doesn't happen, right? These Writers don't stay with the franchises, especially franchises that are now. There's been uh, seven, eight. If there's, I think seven child, techni- like child's play films, not including that remake from a few years ago. Um, and now this TV show, uh, the setting I think is really interesting because it's a it's a it's a middle school setting. These are like seventh graders or eighth graders or something, and it's dealing with um, the it's dealing with um, bullying. Uh, seems to be a pretty big focus on this show, which I think is is really interesting. Don Mancini, I don't know all about his past. I do know though that he's uh, he he's a uh, he's a gay man who uh, has talked plenty about you know uh, getting breaks in the industry and stuff, and how you know he has been ostracized and things like that, like in the past. And uh, he definitely plays that up in a lot of these movies. Like you typically have characters that are, are facing. It, it doesn't necessarily have to be that they're homosexual or anything. But although I do, that is definitely a, a subject matter uh, focused on in this show. But it's just, it's just you know they're ostracized for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. There's something they have a disability, or you know he he definitely he definitely uh, lays into that. Uh, and I, and I think it's really interesting. And um, he's doing that in this show, which I find fascinating. I really like this lead character, and I'm just I don't know. I'm just. I'm just I'm just fascinated this became a show. I'm curious where it's gonna go, and I liked the first episode, so I thought I would mention it. Nice. I don't know I don't think it's really streaming because it's sci fi is sci fi is in is um is NBC, but it's not on Peacock because I checked. I found it on Sci Fi has their own streaming thing where you have to watch commercials and stuff and you can watch it like the day after it airs. But okay. um but yeah,
1: no, it's good stuff. You said it was also on USA? It's also on USA, yeah. Oh, there you go.
2: Or it was Brad? Was he always the original voice of Chucky? Or he is. Was he's, he, a, he yeah. He's and he still is. He's still doing okay. it. And that, that's I the think other Mark great Mark Hamill thing. was the only time somebody else did it. Then. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And Brad. I never Dworked. saw that one.
3: Yeah, it, it was okay. But uh okay. but it just it was just universal, like, hey, we're gonna make another child's play movie and we're not gonna let anybody else be involved. It was weird. Uh yeah. Brad Dwarf is the other reason I think this franchise is done as well as it has for me, because he's he's such a great voice. he's got such a distinctive voice, and he gives so much character to mm-hmm. this really silly character of Chucky. Uh, I mean, this should not work. Like this should absolutely not work at all, but it but it does in weird ways. Like the first child's play is genuinely like suspenseful like uh Tom Holland directed ruin ruined
2: my uh ruined my childhood <laughs> just like it was intended <laughs> Yep just yeah uh, just as intended
3: Yeah so yeah so if any of that sounds interesting definitely check out Chucky
1: Well there you go that is Chucky on Sci-Fi Network or USA uh Edward Scissor's uh scissor hands is <laughs> Hulu stream, is streaming on Hulu and uh, the Morning Show on Apple TV Plus uh, well, we did it, guys. We accomplished Woo! a Woo! podcast. Uh, this is a new thing called podcasting. We managed to do one. Sifpop mm-hmm. it- mm-hmm. is part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. You can find out more about other shows on the network at studiodna.media or by searching Studio DNA in your podcast player. Huge thanks to Andrew for hanging out today. Thank you, buddy. Uh big thanks to Phil for producing the audio and video show. Thanks, Phil. Uh, Thanks to Drew for doing some visuals for the live stream.
2: Yeah, buddy.
1: And thank you to Jonathan Watkins for hanging out with us and bringing all the Halloween knowledge. Uh, Anything you want to promote? Anywhere you want to send people, Jonathan? Jonathan?
3: I mean, I'm on Twitter. I might lose my handle after people hear my review of Halloween Kills. <laughs> but right now, it's at uh, Sam Loomis 13. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm on Letterboxd. You can just look me up. I actually did for, I, mean, I don't know if it's really promoting, but just for fun, I did a, I, fi- I made a list of my hundred favorite horror movies and uh, and put mm. that on Letterboxd so, uh, and shared that on Twitter and stuff. So if you want to check that out. Uh, it's on there, and uh, I also obviously I, I'm a writer uh, along with Aaron and stuff for uh, cinema Sins, TV Sins, all the all the fun Sins stuff, and we do a podcast together uh, every week called Behind the Sins,
1: which is a lot of fun. So check it out. There you go. Uh, also, thank you to our Sifpop members for making Sifpop a real thing. You can find out more info on all the perks and the fun at Patreon.com. Sh- slash siftpop uh, lots of ways to connect with the podcast you can leave a comment a rating or a review at apple podcasts or wherever you listen and if you'd like to email us that is feedback at siftpop.com feedback at siftpop.com and finally if you're having a good time your movie loving friends will probably like the show too so make sure you let them know about it and that listening is much easier than well killing michael myers apparently We will be back (laughs) next week. Uh, We will have Dune and probably the French Dispatch. So, a couple big hitters next week, and we will see you then.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving.